And hello and welcome everyone to the first comic multiverse of the brand new year. It's 2023, Matt, and I know for the next couple of weeks we were talking about this, we're going to be fucking up and writing 2022 yes. and not meaning it. Yep. Yeah, I almost I almost did it when like doing stuff for the show. I kept putting 2022. I'm like, no, it's 2023. Yep. yep. For the next couple of weeks, we all get a free pass to fuck up because that's what's going to happen. Yep. But yes, Happy New Year to you, Matt. Happy New Year to everyone in the chat who is yes. joining us. It's our big end-of-the-year recap show where we talk about all of our favorite things, and if there's time, maybe some of our least favorite things. And I gotta say, as I was given, like, another couple days, you know, a couple weeks there, which I don't normally get to sit and relax and even revisit some stuff, I gotta say, in terms of entertainment, it was a hell of a year. Yeah, it, well, again, it, it was making up for the last two years prior where everything Very. kind of got pushed back to like this year and, and to next last year and then this year as well. Absolutely. Uh, hell, uh, for Christmas, I rewatched Shazam and I'm like, man, this is such a great movie. When was that sequel supposed to come out? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was supposed to come out this year for mm -hmm. Christmas, but it didn't happen. Oh, shit. Yep, got pushed back. I watched that trailer for the sequel again and I'm like, oh, yeah, freaking uh, Eminem was in this one. <laughs> In that song that apparently gets used all the time for trailers now. It does, yes. The go-to trailer music. I wonder how much money he makes off the back of that. <laughs> probably not as much as Mariah Carey. Oh, probably not at all. I'm also really glad I had the time off to catch up on movies, because when I made my list of favorite comics, favorite movies, favorite TV shows, I watched a shitload of TV this year. Mm, I I think I watched like, a, like a, an equal amount. I want to say an equal amount. I'm looking here. I think I finished like 13 shows. Jeez. Which is a lot. Now, granted, a lot of that is like second seasons to stuff that I loved last year. This was really mm -hmm. the year yeah. of strong sequels that followed yep. up on, you know, strong debuts. And also a good year for dark comedy, actually, too. It was. Yeah, yeah. Lots of dark comedy. Dark comedy is having a great moment right now. Maybe it's because the world is fucked and we all think we're going <laughs> to die soon. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, all, all we got to do is we got to laugh in the face of uh, <laughs> of all the horror. <laughs> uh, Chemdog uh, reminds me of the chat Wednesday. I watched half of Wednesday. I didn't finish it, but I did like what I did see of it so far. I haven't watched that one yet. I've heard conflicting reports that it's kind of terrible and kind of good. And yeah, it it depends what you go into it for. If you want old timey Adams family, you're not really gonna get it. But what mm -hmm. you do get is basically them dropping a fully formed older Wednesday into a CW show and mm. having her burn the whole thing down. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Also, if you're thinking that it's going to be a total Tim Burton affair, also not true. He directed a lot of it, but it was actually written by the Smallville guys. Yeah, yeah. Which, in a way, I think actually works good, too, because it's like, yes, point, point Tim Burton creatively into directions. He doesn't need to <laughs> write and direct and cast all his friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christina Ricci is also in it, which is a lot of fun, yes. and uh, Jenna Ortega is really good. It's a mystery show, too, and if you're anything like me, Matt, you'll probably guess the mystery in, like, the first 15 minutes. Like, I know yeah. who did it. Okay, yeah, okay. Because they do, like, a bit of bit casting where you're like, oh, well, obviously it's them. <laughs> like, whenever Malcolm McDowell shows up in something, it's like, mm -hmm. well, obviously he's the fucking villain. He's Malcolm he's the McDowell. Villain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or... or like Ben Kingsley or something. Well, obviously it's going to be them. They're way too sinister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, where would we like to start? Because I got my list in front of me here. I got movies. I got TV. I got comics. And my piddly, piddly uh, section for games, which is just <laughs> like basically Elden Ring and Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can start with video games if it's that short. Yeah. 
Sure, we might as well. So this was the year of Elden Ring. Yeah, for some people, yeah. Yeah. I had the last-gen console, and I was still able to play it, and I was still able to really freaking enjoy it. It's the furthest I've ever gotten in a From Software game. I think it's the one that finally codified everything that that studio has been trying to do, and I think more people... Well, I mean, it did. Statistically, more people bought and played this one than yep. any other uh, Dark Souls game. Yep, because they were told it was easier. And it was. It is. In its own way, and more difficult than others, it's kind of a game where it really... It really does give you the freedom that it offers, and it's like, look, you're having a hard time here on this boss, don't worry. Leave, come back, find a new weapon, grind for mm -hmm. some souls, and then, you know, take another uh, crack at it. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And it's kind of beautiful in that regard, because there was always a point. It happened in Sekiro, it happened in Dark Souls, it happened in everything. I would get far, then I'd hit a wall, and I'd have yes. no way to progress yep. unless, you know, relearning everything, and then I would just never finish it. Elden Ring totally solves that problem by giving you multiple different ways to proceed. Yeah, multiple different ways. That also uh, affect the ending of the game and everything, depending yes. on how you progress certain things in certain orders. Absolutely. And you can, you know, make it as hard for yourself as you want. You can totally sword and board it. You can cheese it out with summons. You can cheese it out yep. with a bleed build, which is what I did. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of myself. Double scimitars and bleed, motherfucker. It's the best. <laughs> if they didn't want me to use it, they shouldn't have made it so goddamn effective on everything. <laughs> Though I'd still get fucked over sometimes by, like, those, like, armored enemies and those stupid little trolls that don't bleed good. Uh... So, so no strategy is perfect. That's the other thing. You can't cheese the whole game. You can just cheese most of it. I mean, I cheese most of the game. I, I was a, a double greatsword build, so I just like nice. whack things until it just stopped moving. Until it the the, the total guts berserk style yeah. of play, where it's like if I just hit it with unrelenting force. That's exactly what I did. It also, I mean, you know, not even close when it comes to the greatest boss battles of gaming this year. I mean, it had them fucking all. It had, yeah, it was really fucking good boss battles. Yeah. I hadn't played Midnight Suns yet, because, again, I'm probably going to be getting my PS5 next paycheck, but I know you spoke very highly of it, mm -hmm. Matt, which makes me actually want to play it. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's great game. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, well, which I was worried, and I think we talked about this before, where it's like, wow, that Avengers game broke so many people's hearts. No one gave <laughs> Guardians a chance, and no one gave Midnight Suns a chance. Yeah, both of which were really damn good. Yeah, that we probably should have given more of a chance to. Yeah, but this one seems to be getting a little bit more attention as well now because all the, all the reviews came out and loved it and everything. And rightly so. It's a fantastic uh, little game with, like, card mechanics and, like, very yeah. XCOM-ish and everything, yeah. When I saw the ability that you could, like, really customize your character, mm -hmm. like, visually and everything mm -hmm. and not just gameplay-wise, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my jam. That's what I want. Yeah, all, all the characters all, all the characters are, uh, outside of your character, you can get different costumes for, or, like, costumes from, like, nice. comics and stuff. And you can also give them uh, different swimsuits, which is cool. Ooh, fun. Like an anime hot spring episode. Yes, because there, there is literally a hot spring in, <laughs> at the chapel, yes. <laughs> They know their fan base. <laughs> Jaden saying, you know, play No Heroes. Well, here's the funny thing about No More Heroes, Jaden. I had gotten a Switch just recently, had never played the other two No More Heroes, played both of them in a weekend, completely OD'd on No More Heroes, then never went back for the third one. Burnt yourself out on it, yeah. Burnt myself out super hard. I'm sure anyone would be like, no, 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 that's too, no, that's too much No More Heroes. No, stop, you'll hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's a lethal dose. <laughs> 
<laughs> is, isn't it coming to like PC or something now? Like No More Heroes? Like it's actually off the Nintendo now and it's on other stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I want to say it got ported just recently to some places that were surprising where I'm like, oh. really? It's there now? Cool, cool. Yeah. But yeah, Midnight Suns, definitely something I'll have to check out. I like that there is a social component, too, that you can, like, hang out with Captain America and Elsa Bloodstone at your mansion. Yes, you, you have, like, a uh, like a friendship option. And there's actual clubs. There's a book club. There's oh, a, nice. uh, like, a, a repair shop class with, like, Peter Parker and oh, Robbie fun. Reyes and Tony, uh, uh, Tony Stark. And then there's the Emo Kids uh, <laughs> club with, um, uh, fuck, who was it? Uh, Nico. Uh, right from runaways and like uh and like iliana and, and all that sort of stuff yeah oh well i know what group i'm going to be joining <laughs> you can join them all you can jo- join oh, them excellent. all at the same time yeah hey you got persona in my marvel game and it's yeah. like peanut butter and chocolate yeah yeah it's great see i'm i'm glad they figured that out too because like half the fun of superhero comics and especially team books it isn't even when they're fighting crime or fighting supervillains. it's like when they're hanging out and their personalities are bouncing off each other yeah it, it, it does that really well well that's a solid solid sell for me uh what else did I have in my piddly games of the year thing? Oh, uh, this was also a Pokemon year for me, both mm-hmm. Legends Arceus and Scarlet and Violet. I feel mm-hmm. like Legends Arceus probably was the stronger game technically, but I mm-hmm. feel like as is often the case with Pokemon, it's been completely eclipsed by Scarlet and Violet, which I still had a lot of fun with. Technical problems, whatever they may be, I personally didn't have any. Yeah, no, neither did I. I I've been really enjoying I haven't played Scarlet for a little bit yet because I've been playing some other games, but... um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've really enjoyed playing that that one. I, I much more than I did uh, Arceus. I, I like the, Interesting. the the world feels it feels both empty and like full at Huge. the same time. Yeah, it's like, vi- you're absolutely right. It's like it, it really comes down to like what sort of player you are. Like, do you play Pokemon for the Pokemon? Mm-hmm. I do. And that's kind of my thing. And there was a lot of great new ones, a lot of great returning faces probably one of the best storylines that Pokemon has had in a really long time yeah. because it had three that come together at the end and probably three of the best rivals too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Arvin, especially where it's like, wow, this character is much more deeper and interesting than you normally get in a Pokemon game. And also his fight is harder than the champion. He has one of like the best teams to go up against. Yep. He beat the shit out of me at least twice, which is funny because, you know, I'm an adult playing Pokemon, so I just power through everything because I know all the moves and all the techniques and everything. I get to him and it's like, oh, this guy is playing for keeps. Holy shit, he has an actually well-balanced team with moves to counter hit all my moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I don't think I've gotten to him yet. Have I gotten to him? I can't remember. T- tell me when you get there, because he is a he is a yeah. mother of yeah. a fucker. I have seen people like fighting fighting him, and they they, they rage quit and and everything oh, yeah. just because like yeah, he's so difficult. Oh yeah, he's got he's got. Actually, you no, know, we'll put Arvin there. Arvin and all the uh, Elden Ring bosses for boss of the year. <laughs> all these horrible Lovecraftian ancient horrors and this anime sad boy were the toughest <laughs> boss battles of the year. <laughs> Uh, the chat, of course, is saying God of War, uh, mm-hmm. Ragnarok. Haven't played it yet. Gonna play it. It's gonna be my first PS5 game. I know you played it, Matt, and you only had nice things to say about it. I, I played it. I platinumed it as well. <coughs> oh, um, holy shit. Yeah, uh, uh, it's fucking great. So fucking good. So fucking good. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little disappointed, because it was meant to be a three-part, it was meant to be a trilogy. Yeah, and, and they this finished was meant to be the too. second game. Um, so I, when going into, when I learned that and going into the game, I thought, ah, oh, it's probably going to feel a bit rushed or something. But it mm. doesn't. 
it, it takes its time does all great stuff with like odin odin is like a character you don't you're not suspecting of being that type of character he's played by richard schiff I know, I heard that too. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. that's really interesting casting. Like, the whole thing is filled with interesting yeah. casting. Yeah, and, and he plays Odin in a way that you don't really expect. Uh, and it's it's quite cool. And then Ryan Hurst as Thor is just fantastic. Ryan Hurst, who I always thought was a really underrated actor on stuff like Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. where he wasn't really... Ge- you know, he had stuff to, you know, work with, but, like, not as much as the main characters no. did. But I'm glad he gets to shine here. Yeah, he was fantastic as Thor. Yeah, he goes to, like, every Comic-Con, too, so mm-hmm. be easy to get his uh, autograph and everything. I know they do a lot more stuff with Freya that you can't really spoil. There's a lot of the game you can't really spoil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That game, too, also with some cool bosses and some cool late-game items as well. Yes. I know there's at least one item I saw where I'm like, oh, that's super cool if you know your Norse mythology, that that's what you get to have. Which one was that? Uh, the spear. Yes, the spear. The spear that's uh that's like a god killing weapon that's like combined with like kratos's like spartan heritage and I'm like oh that's cool because mm-hmm. like he goes on he talks about like how like spartan children like the spear is the first weapon they yep. they learn to master and everything and yeah it's pretty cool bring bringing it back to his character and also how the spear with its name is kind of the twin of odin's spear yeah. and like that, the that's twin. the whole the whole thing the whole quest to get the spear is like because of that yeah and like the spear and magic helmet from all your favorite operas which are the whole reason why vikings have horns in the first place and it's like oh that's really cool yeah yeah this was a good ass year for vikings too we'll talk more about vikings when we talk about movies we liked this year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh what else was there for games this year really not much for me i tinkered with dark tide it kind Mm -hmm. of kicked my ass because i was expecting it to be more like vermintide and it wasn't Mm -hmm. and i was disappointed that it wasn't more like vermintide i've been playing it and i've been loving it I, like here's the thing when it works for me i love it when i get a good team and like we're actually doing what we're supposed to be doing and like it's not frying my small computer that's not like quite up to date with how high tech it wants to be i have a great time but when i get a shitty team and they run ahead and we all start dying and none of us get the items we want at the end of it really takes the wind out of I my sails yeah. yeah i can understand that and it's maddening because it's like you guys got this so right in vermintide vermintide was a perfect way to run this how did you mess it up this time and i'm like oh because you're chasing the destiny model is what it is we need to always be online now we need to have a hub world and we need to have items that cycle through and everything i'm like oh fat shark i thought you were better than this (laughs) (laughs) well when it does work it's really great i i recently just got uh, a new graphics card i got a 3070 and uh, it runs buttery smooth the ray tracing and it looks fantastic Oh, it's a be- it's a beautiful looking game when you play it at where it's supposed to be, and I'll freely admit a lot of that is my problem too, because you know this is this is my first time ever being an actual PC owner, and when I booted it up, I'm like, hey, why isn't this working as good as it's supposed to? My <laughs> computer was cutting edge five years ago. Oh, yeah, I guess you're supposed to update this, which I guess that's a thing I'll have to do in 2023. Uh, how to update computer? how to make better <laughs> you'll probably only just need to get a new graphic card that's bad that's it. okay good and they're so coming yeah, down I'll... in price now because like they've been, they've got like a, a new thing on the graphics card that like prevents people from using them as um bitcoin miners oh good so like bitcoin miners have just been like oh what the fuck <laughs> you know good, we can't good. surplus buy all these up <laughs> Yeah, I know that was a big problem with, like, the Steam decks and the PS5s. Like, no mm-hmm. one could get uh, their hand on any of them because fucking Bitcoin miners kept buying them. Yep. 
Uh, Sifu, everyone in the chat saying they loved Sifu. Haven't played Sifu. I know it's on the Switch now, and it seems like the sort of game I might like to take with me. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. It's pretty good. Uh, I saw recently they did an update that allows you to like make your own moves, and then you can yes. there's like a like a like a director feature where you can like kind of direct your own kung fu films and stuff. That's sick. That's what you like to see. It's also you know really at the forefront of these games where it's like, look, you know, we don't need to be, you know, graphically AAA. We don't need to be melting your eyes. Sometimes you just need a really good, you know, gameplay loop and really good mechanics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chat's also saying Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Here's the thing. I, I didn't rush out to play Crisis Core Final Fantasy Neither VII I. because because I played the original on the PSP back in the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'll get that like at some point when once I've finished up all the, the games I'm playing at the moment. But yeah, I wasn't rushing out to get that. Yeah, I didn't rush out to get it because I remember playing it when it was new on the <laughs> PSP. That was one of the reasons I got the PSP. Also too, I still never finished the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Maybe I will on the five when it looks as good as it's supposed to be. Yeah, just just be wary because I think you have to pay for the upgrade on that one. Oh, that's right. Yes, I remember. It might be on like the PC. PlayStation Plus now because they the game is on there. I'm not sure whether it's the PlayStation Five version or not. Right, because yeah, I played it for a minute and it was the free PlayStation Plus version they came mm. out with a while ago. So even if I do have to pay it again, I won't be double paying for it. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I remember they were weird about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else in game talk there? I know people really loved Vampire Survivor this year. I know people were enjoying Cult of the Lamb. Beyond that, that's kind of everything I was playing and everything I was doing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's all. I, I played Callisto Protocol. It's not worth talking mm. about because we'll be talking yeah. about it longer than the actual game is. Um, yeah, I think that's about about it that we play yeah. i'm playing i'm, I'm just gonna start the witcher the new witcher the ps5 oh, update yeah. for the witcher uh in a couple of days so yeah maybe maybe i'll finally finish it this time <laughs> <laughs> i remember playing it for goddamn like weeks and then only at the point where it's like oh end of chapter one i'm like are you fucking kidding me that was just the end of chapter one i've been playing this for 50 hours <laughs> and there's two massive game size dlcs are you kidding me yes yes <laughs> God damn, well, you can't say you didn't get enough content. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I will say this, you know, because people want to talk about, like, oh, what's one of the worst things you play? I try to go out of my way to not play bad things. I know you mm. and I both played the new Saints Row game, and I think we liked mm. it more than most people. I know it's on a lot of people's worst game of the list here. I'm like, oh, that's so unfair. It, it works. It's just not the game you wanted it, it to be. Come off it. The, the, the one thing I didn't really like was that the developers went out of their way to come out on social media and say, ah, oh, the old games are shit. You know, this is, you know, what we're doing. Like, bigging up their Can game by... Them? Bigging up their, their their new game by putting down the old games. That's what I yeah. quite hated. But it was it was a, a fine game. It was it fine. Was perfectly ad And ironically, it gave you what people wanted forever. Like, oh, we want something more in line with the first two. All right, they gave you that then, and y'all still complained about it. I get it where it's like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it's the next generation now. They should be a little better than this. It's like, well, you confused the developers because you kept saying you wanted something like the old games. <laughs> no one ever I, wants what, what they want and until they get it, and then they want something yeah. else. I hear you, man. I hear you. But yeah, so there's the game stuff there. Uh, what should we do next? Should we do movies or TV next? Uh, let's do TV. Oh, God, I have so much freaking TV. Uh, I guess we'll start off with something I know we both really liked and enjoyed and something that became a huge hit, even outside, I think, just the regular nerd media, and that's uh, Andor. Yes, Andor. 
Andor, showing that, you know, despite what all the grifters and complainers and professional belly acres of the world would have you believe, uh, there's still quite a lot of steam in Star Wars, and people still do care, and you yes. can do a lot with it. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can do a lot of really fun stuff with it, and you can make it timely, and you can make it, you know... Uh, you know, just going in directions that people would never even consider. You can have, like, breakout performances by friggin', you know, Starsguard. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was so good in that show. He was. He was amazing. That speech he was giving about, you know, everything he was willing to sacrifice, you know, for the good of the rebellion and for the future and to defeat the Empire. I'm like, man... That's some serious shit, and also that's like, you know, depths of gray and complexity that you don't often get in a series that is so, you know, defined by the light side, dark side dynamic. Yeah, yeah, and then you, of course, have, like, Mon Mothma and her story with, like, trying to, oh, like, yeah. fund a rebellion, like, while still in the Senate and trying to, like, fight... Keep her family from falling apart. Yeah, keep her family from falling apart and, like, fighting, like the senate in like a political way and trying to do the right thing and do it go through proper channels but none of it's working oh yeah yeah, oh so good they they really make her a deep three-dimensional character which is amazing to think that in that first movie she's just the lady that sends luke on the mission it's like ah now if you go here yeah yeah exactly little little did you know that i actually have a rich and interesting history that you'll never (laughs) know about i do more than just send teenagers to their death Mm mm-hmm also, too, you know, I really loved the structure of the show, too, where, like, every three episodes was, like, a mini-movie. Yeah, that, I think that's how they need to structure the shows uh, going forward. Mm. They need to take, take uh, basically taking it from comic books, you know? Yeah, you know, the, the three-act structure of, like, you know, a three-act story in a comic book, and then you go on to one new story arc or something. Yeah, arc-based storytelling is yeah. good shit. Yeah. I love me some good arc-based storytelling. And also, too, hey... We had a goddamn Gollum himself there coming back to Star Wars in a big bad way and being like, "Hey, look, I'm here again in another role." Yeah, and look, I can I can actually act. Yeah, I can act my ass off. Everyone, shut the hell up about Snoke already. <laughs> yeah. It's been many years. You can shut the hell up about it. <laughs> yeah, the chat's talking about House of the Dragon. I didn't watch House of the Dragon. I had the opportunity to, but I had way too many other shows that I was invested in. Yeah, it was it was a lot better than you know Game of Thrones. I, I the quite last enjoyed couple it. Seasons. I liked the the it had like, again like every couple of episodes it would jump ten years or like a couple oh, of years in the story. So you get like different actors playing the same characters and everything. Uh, it's definitely cool. one of those I'll get to it eventually. But like I said, I will. I finished like thirteen shows this year. I had like <laughs> way too much TV to watch. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I got all caught up on Tulsa King before uh, we mm-hmm. started this show. Yes, so did I last night. It's a good one. Taylor Sheridan's uh, brand new show filled with all the hallmarks of a Taylor Sheridan show. Are there ranches? Yep. Are there complex he's, male characters battling their own morality? Yep. He's got three shows going on at the moment that are in the same universe. Like they're Amazing. on all at the on the same night as well. Amazing. Again, to think that dude was just like one of the cops on Sons of Anarchy. And now yeah. he's one of the biggest TV names in television and he, movies, too. He basically owns Paramount Plus, like half the he shows really on the, like his shows. Oh, yeah. If they lost him, that company would probably have to <laughs> close their doors. They have to put a for sale sign up. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Don't forget uh, Reverence for the Native Americans. That's also in there. Yes, yeah, that's in all his shows. It's it's great. Sure is. It's he, he's doing one at the moment called nineteen twenty three, which is a prequel to Yellowstone. And, yeah, uh, I suggest people one of should the watch many. it. Uh, Harrison Ford's in it. He's a main character. 
Okay, I, I, I keep saying I'm going to watch Yellowstone, but there's so much Yellowstone now. That's why I started with King Tulsa, because I'm like, okay, this is at least just one season that's starting. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not really all connected. Like, Yellowstone itself is all, like, one show, and then, like, the two yeah. prequels are like, uh, this is what the family was like when they first came to America. Right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, def- I'll have to check this. Also, hey, props to Sylvester Stallone, who reminds us, hey, I actually am a quality actor when it's called for, and despite me basically becoming a parody of myself in the last few years, mm-hmm. I have always been very good at exuding, you know, masculine power, but also healthy vulnerability, because you remember, like, oh, yeah, yeah he... He, he cries a lot in those first three Rocky movies. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he he cries in Rambo, too, and he cries a lot in this show. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's actually really good at that as an actor. It's nice to see a guy who, I mean, he's still pretty much easy. He's like a, you know, definitive 80s action guy. Oh, yeah. But to be one who isn't trying to, like, you know, he doesn't have stipulations where, like, oh, my character can't get shot or, like, mm-hmm. killed or, like, beaten in fights, unlike some other, you know, rock-based mm-hmm. actors, you know. Um, yes, you know, it's nice to actually have someone who, who's willing to like do do actual things and actual acting. And, and same with same. I, again, we'll yeah. talk about it later. But Dave Batista as well. Yeah. Yeah, to actually fucking challenge himself. Big agree. And he's seventy goddamn five in that show. And I'm like, wow. And that they make that part of the show that he looks great for seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. You know bagging you know way hotter 55 year old women <laughs> and dana delaney who also looks great for her age too yeah, it's not yeah. lying she does yeah dana delaney in her riding pants and everything and i'm just like man you know i can tell that this is you know that paramount plus is a much more senior audience because it's just like <laughs> silver foxes as far as the eye can see well that's the joke about like yellowstone it's like your dad's like soap opera Exactly. But but, but it's good. It's really good though. It's really That's good. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I heard that like too, where it's like, oh, Yellowstone, it's uh friggin' uh what is it, succession with cowboy hats. And I'm like, oh that's a pretty good pitch. I don't yeah. mind it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Did Peacemaker come out this year or am I imagining things? I think it was like over end of last year this year. Yes, I think so too. Well, it, either way, Functorial Peacemaker is great, and I actually rewatched it just recently because I showed it to someone else over Christmas, and they agree that it fucking kicks ass. Nice, nice. It felt great revisiting it too because it's like, oh yeah, this guy's now in charge of the entire DC universe. It's pretty good. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna get some good shit. <laughs> this guy who makes one-off jokes about Batmite and stuff. Yeah, and and tells people that Aquaman like fucks, fucks fish. fish. <laughs> And that uh, Green uh, Arrow is a brony. <laughs> so good. Man, the friggin', you know, deleted scenes from that are great, too. Just all the stuff that John Cena made up on the spot. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, yeah, so much, a bunch of it didn't make it into the show, but the stuff that does make it in is pretty great. <laughs> like, he had, a whole, he had a whole runner about fart porn that never got in there. Whereas, like, yeah, see, I would be a Windy City tradesman, and uh, he would be your classic breeze eater. <laughs> And he just goes on for like 20 minutes with this. And I'm like, yeah, I can see why this didn't make it in the show, but still very funny. <laughs> uh, good shit. Uh, what else was this here? Oh, another show I know we both watched, and I think this was probably one of the big surprises for everyone, The Bear. Yeah, oh man, The Bear. I, I didn't want it to end. I know, right? Which I guess also has an Andor connection because they have the same yeah. actor. Yes, yes. What a, what a great fucking year that guy had, am I right? <laughs> 
But yeah, the bear, you know, family drama about a friggin' meat sandwich shop in Chicago and the dysfunctional people who work there. And all the shit that goes on in the kitchen is just stressful but amazing to watch. Absolutely. I mean, really, it's it's a story that, you know, could work for any service industry job where it's like, you know, we give and give of ourselves, and you have to be a little crazy to work there. And it also probably helps if you have a criminal record and you can't be hired anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just these guys like trying to put their life together, you know, trying to deal with grief because, you know, they lost John Bernthal. Yes, yes. I, I love he's in it for a minute as like the as the brother who killed brother. himself. I'm like, oh shit, it's John Bernthal. Yeah, I'd be pretty sad too if I lost John Bernthal, not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and an ending that is, you know, I, I rarely say it, but the ending of that first season was genuinely kind of perfect the way they tie it together. It was. It really was. Like that's like a writing one oh one thing where it's like, oh, and you tied this thing from the first episode in the beginning all the way to the end and kept it nice and thematic and everything. It's like, oh, cool, because if he had just done that one thing earlier, the show would have been over. <laughs> yeah. Also, it gets extra points for like making fun of Snyder Cut cultists. <laughs> oh yeah, that also happened too. Didn't it? <laughs> that's right. He pulled out the gun. And it's like you fucking incel basement dwelling Snyder Cut nerds. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> It was. Also, hey, Maddie Matheson was on that show. He's a Canadian celebrity chef, so it's funny to see him be in a show about cooking and doesn't actually cook. Oh, that's cool. That was. Was Young Justice Phantoms this year? Or was it last year? Because I know I was reviewing it, and then I wasn't reviewing it anymore. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I enjoyed the finale, but it also just makes me sad to think about, because it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess it's done, isn't it? I haven't watched Young Justice since... They started that new part of the animation where, like, things were, like, in, like, CGI. Uh, you, you, you will probably appreciate the last season because it is so Superman, Superboy. I know, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of the stuff that's come out on, on that, yeah. Yeah, the stuff they do with Zod and everything is pretty strong, where it's like, you know what, if this does end up being the last thing... No, Phantoms was 2021, what are you on about, Tevya? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it was quite a while ago. Yeah, again, I review it on the channel. I'm like, hey, I know I haven't reviewed it in at least a year. Come on. Yeah. Uh, now, I got some shows that I don't think you saw, so I'll let you pick the next one. What was another show that you really liked this year? Uh, well, Better Call Saul ended this year. Uh, yes. Ended in, I... It's just it's just amazing. Is this is this the part where I embarrass myself by saying I only ever watched the first episode of Better Call Saul? You gotta you gotta it. watch it like you gotta just keep watching, trying like not have any spoilers and just like it's not the show you think that first episode tells you it's going to be. That's what I've heard that it becomes something really different that he doesn't even become the soul that we know until like no. really late in the show. Yeah, like season two or three. Yeah. Yeah, like, it becomes a long time before it actually becomes the Breaking Bad uh, prequel you think it's going to yeah. be. and you can understand why he would become like that, because, like, some of the people around him are, like, genuine, like, genuinely, like, take advantage of him. But then also, mm. he takes advantage of them, too, because he's, you mm. know, Slippin' Jimmy, a scam artist. <laughs> yep, he's a, he's a complex character. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great show. And it was it was good as well to also get, like, uh, like uh, Giancarlo Esposito's Gus Fring back. Yeah. And, uh, Mike Ehrmantraut and uh, some other characters in later seasons that all come back because it's a prequel show. And yeah, right. it ties it up all really nicely. That's good. Oh, the chat is correcting me there. The first half of Young Justice Phantom started in 21. The second half ended in 2022. Okay, fair enough. 
That's right. They did it in like two halves because they, they won't finished it or something. Yeah. Well, it's what they do with all animation now, unfortunately. That's why freaking Netflix is famous for this. They're like, oh, here's season one of our brand new animated thing we picked up for two seasons. No, you got a ten episode order and you split it in two for no reason. <laughs> did Did you see on Netflix now the second season of Chicago Party Ant came out with like zero promotion and zero fanfare? I, I didn't even know what that was, and like I'm like I, I saw a post on on Twitter being like who is this for who is watching this <laughs> again this is another one of those you know freaking netflix we let the robots decide yeah the, it, yeah again it sounds like yeah a, an ai just spat out like a bunch of words it's like that thing on the simpsons the monkey you know you, you put, the word, so. put the you know put the words on the thing okay sh- yeah chicago wine aunt okay cool now here's the funny thing but uh it actually was like a very popular twitter page apparently that got adapted in that's show, what which happens yeah which doesn't make any sense oh my god happens more time than you would think uh and shit don't say it can never lead to good things because justin halpern who we've had on this very show he was the guy behind the shit my dad says twitter page which got a show with goddamn captain kirk and he was able to finagle that into producing harley quinn and producing abbott elementary which were two of the best shows that came out this year (laughs) but yeah chicago party ant was another one of those things i'm like oh that's fun you know we're doing a female perspective thing from an older lady from chicago nah nah it's her fucking nephew who basically rp role played her and then turned into a show and i'm like oh i like this way less now that i know this isn't a real chicago party ant that's behind this (laughs) Like, I watched the first couple episodes because I think, like, fucking one of the Red Letter Media guys followed the Twitter. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's into something. (laughs) Inside Job Season 2 was good. It was a big improvement on uh, Season 1. I think that show's actually going to stick around. I haven't finished it yet, but I enjoyed what I've seen. That show's been on my list because I really want to – I haven't started watching it yet. But I'm like, ah, this looks cool. Conspiracy theories. Weirdo, like, comedy Mm. conspiracy theories. That's cool. Very much so. Like, there's so many great, like, background jokes if you're into that shit. The bar they work at is called MK Ultras. <laughs> yeah, the bar they drink at is called MK Ultras. The the old guy who's, like, you know, worked there forever in the company, his name is Grassy Knoll. Oh, that's great. And, yes, Grassy Knoll definitely shot Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> He feels bad about it, but they're like, look, every time we need to shoot a president, Grassy Knoll, we got to get you out of hiding to come and do this. Oh, but I don't want to, though. <laughs> but you're the best at it. It's, it's pretty funny, and the second season, like, actually builds on the character and builds the lore of the world. And, like, it's actually it's actually pretty good, and I actually think it will stick around. Yeah, okay. It it, it totally beats, like, the complaints where it's like, oh, geez, here's, like, another Rick and Morty. Like, it's not. It's really not. Yeah, or again, I, I think it's because of the animation. It, it looks very, very similar to, uh, to Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yes, and uh, what is it? And Reagan's dad in the show is very much a Rick type who's just like a total asshole who, okay. you know, lords over his family and everything. <laughs> Not a genius, though. <laughs> Not a genius at all. Uh, again, some season twos I had this year. Uh, Reservation Dogs season two. Have you been watching uh, Reservation Dogs, Matt? I've watched the first season. I haven't watched the second one yet. Season two is even funnier and goes into even crazier directions by giving characters you wouldn't expect whole episodes to themselves. The moms get whole episodes to themselves. Does Bill Bill Burr get a whole episode to himself? Uh, Bill Burr doesn't get a whole episode, but Mark Marin basically comes into the show and plays a Bill Burr type uh, cameo. <laughs> That's very good. So, like, clearly this is a one-a-season thing. You know, oh, we'll, we'll get a beloved comedian yeah, to come yeah. in and play a part. Yeah, okay, that's cool. 
that's good. Uh, they do actually eventually make it to California, which is a really great episode, and they meet uh, White Jesus, which is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> he might just be a crazy homeless guy. He might actually be White Jesus because the show does this like interesting thing with like magical reality, where it's like, wait, are we actually seeing this, or are they just you know thinking that in their heads? It's really it's really interesting. That's cool. That's cool. Again, you don't really see, like, magical realism comedy. And also, hey, no. this is one of several things I loved this year that Taika Waititi was involved in. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's produced so many great shows this year. I mean, look, you can't talk about that without also talking about Our Flags Mean Death, which is funny, because I think you and I were on top of that show before, like, the internet was on top of it. We were just yeah. watching, because, like, oh, it's Taika Waititi's new pirate show. Can't wait to watch it. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, this ended up being, like, one of the best modern queer stories told in Hollywood. Oh, did you yeah, see that yeah, coming? Like, what? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. <laughs> What still blows me away about that show is that it's super funny, but all the characters on it are based on real people who actually yeah, exist. Yeah, they're all real people, yeah. That blew my goddamn mind, because we have uh, Blackbeard's second-in-command, Izzy Hands, and I'm like, that's a stupid name. Uh, you know, what What was Blackbeard's second mate's real name? Oh my god, Israel Hands. Fuck off, he's a real person. <laughs> who actually existed. And Oh yeah, they wouldn't have called him Israel. He was Izzy to his friends. <laughs> Great costuming, great jokes. Uh, you know, Steve Bonnet ends up also being, you know, in that role of like really darkly comedic characters. Like yes. everything about his life is so sad and so pathetic. And yet you want to root for him, even though he continually seems to keep making the wrong choice over and over again. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's another chapter two in the, uh, what is it, Taiko Watiti uh, shitty father repertoire. Yeah, he's, he's good at doing them. Everyone in that show has a shitty father. Every yep. single one, and it greatly influences their actions. Yeah. Like, I, again, when people are like, oh, you know, I didn't quite jive with this new Thor Love and Thunder movie. I'm like, yeah, that's because you're watching it as a Marvel movie. You're not watching it as a Taika Waititi movie, because that's what it really was. <laughs> you you got to know about all of, you know, the shitty fathers in his work and the fact that Thor breaks that cycle by becoming a good dad at the end of it all. Yes, yes. <laughs> And that the real love and thunder is the love of a father that can save the world. And I'm like, see, look, you were, I'm not going to say you were watching the movie wrong, but you were watching it in the wrong context. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth also wears a hot dog Halloween costume, which is also a type yes. of what he wears. <laughs> because it's all his story, man. That's what he's really telling. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, well, uh, people have been saying stuff like Sandman as well that came out this year. Which I still haven't watched that yet. Got to get on good. that. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I didn't watch it because I was terrified that we were never going to get a second season. I'm like, yeah. don't make me fall in love again, Netflix, and then break my heart. Well, I think Neil Gaiman has a bit of pull at Netflix, so he's like, no, we're doing a second season whether you like it or not. <laughs> I, I know that now. I know at first he wasn't sure. And I love Gaiman on Twitter just being very forward. But it's like, so we're getting more, right? We're doing this. And Gaiman's like, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I just I just love stories, man. I'm just over here telling stories and shit, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, Gwendolyn Christ Christie as Lucifer was just fantastic. Here she's great. She's fantastic in it. Yes, yeah, great, great role. Great, great, great uh, show. I'm looking forward to more. They they did like a I haven't watched it. They did there was like a special. They did. Oh really? Uh, yeah, they just like dropped it. It was like oh, that's I don't know whether it was like an extra episode or like just like a short or something. But I haven't watched it. Huh. But apparently, it's pretty good as well. 
we're getting a lot of that recently. Like the Harley Quinn show is getting a Valentine's Day special in February, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is good for me because that means I'm going to get some good views in February. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll be, br- uh, again, you know, we were talking about Taika Waititi stuff. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows also had a new season this year. Oh, okay. I think I'm behind by that this, season. Uh, it, this is good. This is the year where they try and open a vampire nightclub a la Blade. <laughs> and they realize that it's very hard, and this is why most vampire nightclubs fail. <laughs> it's also good stuff for Guillermo, who, you know, really uh, grows a lot as a person in this, and, you know, really starts to challenge Nandor more. It's a comedy show, but with the eye very much on uh, character. Uh, Laszlo also starts mentoring young Colin Robinson, because, again, Taika Waititi stuff, it's all about fathers, and you think Laszlo's going to be a shitty father, and he kind of is, but he's trying to be a good father. <laughs> but, yes, it's uh, it's good shit. Cool, cool. Good shit. And, and that completes the Taika Waititi fellating part of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry, he does many things I like and did many this year. <laughs> um, uh, I, now, I, I know on top of Andor we had... Uh, Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan yes. as well. Yes, which were also good in their own way. I know, again, the internet forever loves to speak in hyperbole. It's like, these were the worst things ever. No, they weren't. No, they're not they're, even the worst Star Wars things ever. The worst things you. to you because you set your expectations way, way too high and you, you, you immediately thought it was going to be something it wasn't and they decided to do character work on these two characters yeah. especially boba fett who is very much he's so. literally just like oh cool costume they actually gave him you know a really interesting backstory with those native uh tuscans oh, yeah. and, and, and all that stuff uh, he doesn't want to be a bounty hunter anymore wants to take charge of his life and everything it's great Great. It's 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 literally every classic Wild West story of like you know I was I was a hardened killer but now I put my guns in the ground mm. and want it's to unforgiven. try and start a better life. It's it's unforgiven. It's Lawrence of Arabia. It's Last yep. of the Mohicans. It's all these great references. You know, it's Star Wars at its most referency and also referencing things that aren't Star Wars. And I feel like a lot of people watching it just wanted their action figure man they that did. they grew up with and didn't get any of these references that were being made here. Yeah, like the the biker gang. That's like some. That's like something very prevalent in, uh, I think Mexican culture because Robert mm-hmm. Rodriguez directing it. You know, it's also, it, it, um, yeah. It's also the color scheme from American Graffiti too. Yes, yes, yeah. The bikes are very much look like those fifties dragsters mm-hmm. that were in American Graffiti. Again, another George Lucas film. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars referencing stuff that's not Star Wars, which apparently a very loud vocal contingent of people are like, I don't want that. Also, too, visually they couldn't have been more on the nose. Literally, when Boba Fett comes out of that Sarlacc in the first couple minutes, he is being rebirthed. It is his being reborn moment and for every moment after that he's trying to be better and yes the best episode is the din episode but not for the reason you think it is it's because din learns firsthand everything boba fett spent five episodes saying about how a life of bounty hunting leaves you cold and empty and your friends will betray you and everything else yeah yeah and i just want to also point out that 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 the thing of din coming out not din uh, boba coming out of the side that's literally like how uh Patton Oswald explained it in his uh, Parks sure and did. Rec episode he with the sure Star did. Wars Marv- Marvel crossover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, I thought that was pretty, quite good. <laughs> that's pretty solid. I like that one. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, even 
I lo- totally lost my train of thought there. But yeah, Boba Fett was better than people gave it credit for. It seems like most people just complained because it wasn't what they wanted to be. Oh, uh, the bit with Cad Bane at the end, where mm-hmm. we found a lot of people are like, oh, so you're not nearly as hardcore a Star Wars fan as you claim to be because you don't know who Cad Bane is. <laughs> but here's the thing. You didn't need to know who Cad Bane is because he literally, in any other story like this, because we're riffing on old Western movies, he could have been English Bob. He could have been yeah. Rattlesnake Jake. He could have been any of these Western the man in black literally yeah he's literally the man in black he is a western movie archetype it just happens to be a character that we already knew if you're into the bigger star wars universe and the fact that so many adults had a piss fit over that again still still does my head in (laughs) but yeah those were solid likewise with obi-wan it actually did a lot of really good work the fact that we were able to have obi-wan and darth vader have a lightsaber battle before their big famous one in a new hope and they don't step on any toes and they don't make it ridiculous no yeah it it was fantastic it again a lot more reserved and character focused again i think people just Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be like like the whole thing in the in the eu where they did like an obi-wan series and he fought boba fett and like all these inquisitors and went to coruscant and did all this and like no no you don't need to do any of that also getting to see the proto rebellion via the path and also Mm -hmm. giving leia a reason to want to become a rebel leader because she's taken you know out of the palace you know out of her pampered existence and basically gets to see how the other half of the universe lives under imperial tyranny and that inspires her to do the good work she does i'm like yeah that's good character work too leia being a main character in it uh wasn't something i actually expected i expected him to do like the whole luke thing again so i like they kind of upended that no we're gonna give like obi-wan time with leia this time because he's he's at his time with luke and he will have his time with luke yeah also uh i think we can all agree the best scene ever uh friggin backwoods survivalist uncle owen and aunt beru ready to bust caps and siths (laughs) (laughs) fucking loved that shit beru's just got a stock of like Viet Cong weaponry just just, (laughs) jesus christ we got these spider holes everywhere what are you doing beru (laughs) see that's that's beautiful because that means definitely that they didn't go down like no punks in a new hope that they definitely (laughs) probably took a bunch of stormtroopers down with them when they got killed yeah yeah <laughs> i i love that giving that back to those characters all those years later it's like no 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 they the, the larses did not go out like punks we promise <laughs> they, they they died with their boots on gun blazing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another show I watched this year that I'm sure you didn't hack season two, which ended up being the last season of hacks because it got fucking blood led by goddamn Zaslav and HBO Max. Uh, uh. Which sucks because if you love stand up comedy and again, other dark comedies about complex characters, this time from the female perspective, it's a real shame. But I also think hacks ended on a pretty good note too so like the two seasons are actually pretty worth watching assuming you can still watch it on hbo max and it's not fucking gone yeah it's not been deleted from the servers like they're doing with so much shit they're deleting classic looney tunes episodes again the stuff that built warner brothers what the hell are you doing yeah so so disrespectful uh something that isn't disrespectful and something that was hbo and something i know you and i both loved and it came out early in the year righteous gemstone season two was this year so good and i feel it came out too early i didn't see it on a lot of people's best of lists because it came out super early and i feel like a lot of people totally forgot about it yeah it should have probably come out like around may uh just to capitalize on like you know summer and everything but yeah it, it was such a good show 
Eric Andre uh, doing a great turn in this. I won't spoil the role he plays, but he's super <laughs> funny in this with a really great turn. Some of the best acting from John Goodman in years. Yeah, yeah, he's great in that show. Like, like that's the only thing oh, I've seen him in recently, but the only thing I can think of like in the last 10 years where he's like, oh, he's actually giving a shit. He's giving a shit. He's playing a super complex and nuanced character. It's another dark comedy. It's one that comments on, you know, like America's obsession with religion. This one even better because we meet Eric Roberts, who was one of Dr. Gemstone's old friends, who's like a Memphis wrestling promoter. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, whether you're doing a revival or you're cutting a promo, it's all basically fucking wrestling, isn't it's it? It's all the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's all the same. Just, you know, making people believe shit that's not true. Yeah. And it's really great. Uh, again, it's some of the. Again, it's hard to believe that this is like the same team that did like those last two Halloween movies. Yeah, yeah, it's really strange, isn't it, to think? Yeah, it's the same. Danny McBride is great. Again, he's a dude who's basically made a career out of being complex characters who you're not sure if you should like or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, Edie Patterson, or is that her name? Uh, yes, one who yeah, plays Edie, the Edie Patterson. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, she, She's fantastic on this, playing one of the most, like, ridiculous laugh-out-loud characters. And, hey, she's in two things. She's actually in a movie I really like this year, too. I <laughs> uh, haven't watched Yellow Jackets yet, yet Chemdog. I've watched the first episode. I know the twist, and I'll have to go back and finish it. And, hey, Christina Ricci's in that, too. Hey. But, yeah, Righteous Gemstones Season 2, awesome. Uh, can't wait for Season 3. A great example of a great Season 2 that built on everything that came in Season 1. Yeah, do we know when Season 3 is happening? No, I don't think we do. I know there's going to be one. I think, in fact, they got renewed for two extra seasons. Ooh, interesting. So it's going to be there for a while. I imagine it will probably come back around the same time Succession comes back. Yeah, that's true. Because I know they were weirdly kind of like sister shows for a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, Righteous Gemstones is great. If you haven't watched it, it's a, it's a really great watch. Really cool. Yeah, you know, mystery and drama and comedy and, you know, social commentary. It's all very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, another show I know you and I both loved this year, Barry. Barry Season 3. Oh, Barry is so good. I said, someone in the chat said, you know, is that the show with, uh, you know, if there's not a muffin in the first 15 minutes? Yeah, Barry is that one we're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, the, the algorithm. They have to have have a muffin in the first 15 minutes or, like, 50% of the audience won't or stop watching, watching or something. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Which you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then you see how they cancel shows willy-nilly. And it's like, no, nah, well, I like I how YouTube works. Or well, like how the algorithm on YouTube works. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you said the word green in the first 10 seconds. So your watchability <laughs> went right down. Green's not a creative color. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I just love Barry that, like, when, when, you, when you, like, look at the show or, like, the premise of the show, oh, it's a hitman, he stops being a hitman to become, like, a, an actor. An actor. Like, oh, that's funny, Bill Hader and all the, and, you know, Henry Winkler and all these funny people, oh, Sarah so Goldman and all that. And you think, oh, it's got to be a comedy. And, like, the first show opens with him, like, murdering a bunch of people. And, yes. and then it just gets darker and darker and, and darker. darker. <laughs> It's amazing how dark the show can get while still actually being funny. Yeah. It's it's amazing these you know this tightrope that it walks and it really shows Bill Hader, you know, for maybe one of the best like actors of his generation. Where it's like, oh, you can make us laugh, and you also have this like unfathomable darkness in you at the same time. Oh, it's so good. Like my favorite part 
again it's it's meant to be like like kind of terrifying but it's also funny was that bike chase they did that yeah like oh one, my god where it's like oh he's being like literally hunted by people who are like shooting at him and everything it's meant to be intense we got stunts now but then yeah it's, it's like kind of funny they're like driving over the top of like a car dealership and like people are screaming at him and everything and it's it's great it's, it's so cool it's it's astounding and it's also like it's just such a brutal brutal like satire of hollywood oh. where barry is clearly this you know unfeeling but trying to learn how to feel psychopath you know who puts up this fake front he's he's a terrible actor but he's an excellent actor because you know he's able to trick these people but he's only able to trick them because it's hollywood and everyone is so fake and super everyone's a psychopath in hollywood so he fits right in he fits right in everyone is a psychopath in their own way and this episode or this season especially i loved what they did they almost did like a sinister six thing where like the families and friends of Barry's victims from the previous seasons come yeah. back to try and kill him. Yeah, it's it's great, and and it's, I like all the stuff that was happening with um his 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 girlfriend, quote unquote. Yeah, uh, with like her show and like, and again, like goes into like the whole like Hollywood thing where like you'll have a show, but then five minutes later it'll probably be completely cancelled and you'll be blacklisted in Hollywood. For, for no good reason yeah, it's just yeah. it's all it's the, the all algorithm. random <laughs> yeah the algorithm does anyone work here anymore does any human actually make choices anymore <laughs> and the answer is no no they no. do not no <laughs> <laughs> yeah but barry is like, barry is one of those shows where it's like how did they even make this show how did they even green light this it's so good and then you got the Chechen and everything going on yeah. with him to where, like, he's almost, like, the sanest and most likable of them and you really root for his relationship and you hope it yeah. all goes okay for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great. And that, and that even he continues to suffer for being in Barry's orbit because he is yeah. just, like, this black hole. Yeah, no, no Ho Hank is just fantastic. To believe that, can you believe he was only supposed to be in the pilot, but they loved yeah. him so much they kept bringing him back? Yeah, he was meant to die in that car where, where like, Barry, like, shot him all. Mm-hmm, but he's just the best. Yeah. Uh, Abbott Elementary Season 2, also great. Have you been watching uh, Abbott, Matt? It's on Disney Plus here in Canada. I which I have, but I've seen, like, this. clips and stuff of it, yeah. It's, it's Justin Halpern. It's the guy who produces uh, Harley Quinn and everything. It's it's the funniest modern like single camera sitcom in like a very long time. Oh, that's saying something. I, I know it is. And here's the funny thing: it it was also not supposed to be made. It was supposed. It was a mid season replacement. It was like oh, never okay. supposed to see television. Okay. And it did, and it found this huge audience. And it's just yeah, uh, just so much of the stuff that they make fun of of just like the American school system and how broken it is, but how people keep having to come in every day and try to make it work. Yeah, yeah. Quinetta Bunsen is also just great, you know, because it's like her show too. She writes and directs and she stars and she's just a lot of fun. And also, good on her because she's been like scraping at it for like years because she came from the internet. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yes, she was on like, uh, like you know those friggin' like Google shows where they would have okay. where it's like you know oh people try blank for the first time or oh, like people, okay, yeah. whatever. She was one of those people on one of those shows because she was just like a funny, interesting person in LA. I think the video that she was in that went really viral and went viral again when the show got big was like oh we give drunk girls puppies, so it's her just super drunk. Yes, BuzzFeed. Thank you, Funktoral. It was BuzzFeed. So it's her and a bunch of other women just smashed and they give them puppies and they cry. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Oh, uh, that's great. 
and now she's one of the biggest names on television. And I'm like, wow, fucking humble beginnings. <laughs> yeah. Good, good on you. Whenever someone makes it out of the goddamn internet, I'm like, hell yeah, we can all do it. Well, we can't all do it, but I'm glad you did it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, oh, I guess uh, two more last shows that I really enjoyed. Uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, my one anime of the year. It was great. It was great. It was great. So good it made me start playing Cyberpunk again. <laughs> <laughs> amazing soundtrack i'm still bumping the soundtrack rat boy slim it's just that good <laughs> it's really solid and also pantheon which was also very much a cyberpunky anime inspired uh science fiction romp in fact you know if you want to see my thoughts on it i co-wrote a whole video about it over on uh, the johnny two cellos channel so check that out and nice. see if you can pick out what stuff i wrote <laughs> nice nice T trust me you can hear my voice <laughs> <laughs> It's like, wow, this uh, this thing's really belabored and verbose. I think Joel wrote this part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's basically all the shows. Good good ass uh, year for TV. Did you have anything else, Matt, that I might have missed? Uh, Superman and Lois. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, Superman and Lois. Yeah, man, continuing to go super strong, you know, from strength to strength and just being like one of the best Superman things. Again, taking elements, like familiar elements of Superman and changing them up enough where it, it still respects the core canon and uh, mm. you know makes it fit in with the universe they've got now and just fantastic there's a second season all about like bizarro bizarro yes. world and everything and uh Loved yeah what they it did was, with it. it's fantastic just brilliant also making bizarro not the villain of no. it making him this tragic character who you feel bad for and i'm like yeah that's that's closer to comic bizarro actually exactly yeah He's not a bad guy. He just doesn't know what he's doing most of the time. Yeah, it, it was great. I, I liked the villain, uh, Ali Elstrom. She was she was a great villain. I quite enjoyed, yes. enjoyed her and, and her little group of people who all sp spoke backwards. Mm -hmm. As you pointed out to me there, it's like, really? So the villain of this Superman show is a woman named Ali in a cult, huh? Is that a, is that a Smallville reference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one got branded. That we know of. That we know of uh yeah the chat saying star girl too yeah star girl ended this season unfortunately it ended on a strong note they actually kind of jumped to the future and they're like and here's all the other adventures the jsa had yeah we're gonna see star girl again in titans apparently because they're doing like a crossover i fucking watching that <laughs> i'm hey, sorry hey I'm if they can that. somehow make it so that star girl is like the reason why these heroes decide okay we're gonna stop being all grim and gritty and we're actually going to be, be like fun. fun and and enjoyable. Then that would be good. That would. That <laughs> they would they need Pat good. to come over and give him a talking to. He really does. Pat could sort them all out in yeah. just a couple minutes. Exactly. Now you kids, <laughs> y'all need to calm the fuck down. Is what you need to do. Man, Pat's so fucking cool in that season too. Digging his way out of his own grave, yeah. putting on his old costume and getting a goddamn flamethrower. It's like I'm gonna go kill Icicle so he doesn't hurt my kids. Yeah, he's fucking sick of it all. <laughs> he is. Oh yeah, I guess Miss Marvel was this year too. Miss Marvel was good. So was Moon Knight. Yeah. Again, I don't know if they made my best list, but they were good. Yeah, they were good. So was She Hulk. Oh yeah, She Hulk too. She Hulk a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Again, with a really strong ending that went for broke, and that again, you know, a lot of people didn't seem to understand. Again, because it was playing with genre. This is how a genre show like this ends. And this is how a She Hulk comic would end. <laughs> would end no, no big fights nothing like that the status quo is returned also hey it's the show that gave us daredevil back yes yes it is yes with his yellow costume and him moving around like he does in the books what's not yeah, to love it's great 
Good, good stuff. Uh, we want to, I, I guess, for some shows I didn't watch this year, I never watched Severance, even though everyone said Severance mm, was great. Yeah. That's on my list of ones I'll need to get to. I'll need to get to Severance. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, again, no one's really spoiled any of the twists and turns on that one, so that's pretty good. Same, yeah. So I'll, I'll get to that, and I'll get to Yellow Jackets, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I guess we can hop into movies then. And thankfully, with the extra time, I've watched ten whole movies. So <laughs> where would you like to start, Matt? One a month. Um, hmm, wait, well, I actually, I actually went and saw Avatar yesterday. Oh yeah, how was that? I'm hearing great things about it. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fucking long, but yeah, it, it's. Mm. I mean, it's fine. It, again, like I can't remember who I saw on Twitter say it, but like, yeah, the movie's making like loads of money, which means loads of people are seeing it. We never see anyone talking about it. No, but then again, I guess that is you know like a thing we really learned this year when it came to House of the Dragon and like all this other stuff. Well, at least we with those, was... you'd see memes and stuff. I haven't really True. seen any like memes or you know stuff like that takes. On, on Avatar. I mean, I, I guess it just proves that there really is still a strong Joe and Jane popcorn audience yeah. who are not chronically online like we are, who maybe only see a couple movies every year and want to make sure that it's the most fucking bang for their buck movie possible. And mm-hmm. that's what James Cameron seems to promise every yeah. 14 years. This will be the most movie you've ever movied. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can definitely see that. It looks fantastic. It's got great action in it. Uh, yep. it's got a pretty cool story with like you know the whales and and all the the, the sea tribes and everything mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool but yeah it's, the it, first one was all about save the trees this one's about save the whales save the whales and i don't know what the next one's going to be recycle yeah save the uh, save the ozone actually uh we, we did that already yeah i do remember i do i did find it funny because you know in the first one how they had uh fuck was it uh, unobtainium yes uh, so like or that's not even mentioned at all in here it, it's it's, it, like it, there's like a third act like twist where like oh we kill these whales because these whales have like this serum in them that like just stops human aging just stops oh. it. and it's like well where the fuck did that come from <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we need a reason we just can't say you know <laughs> what's we're the next one the gonna ocean? be <laughs> well apparently it's gonna be about the fire tribe yeah the ash people <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's going to be about, like, admissions or something. Like, you're putting too much smoke in the air. And they've been throwing car batteries into, into uh, pa- Pandora's volcanoes or something. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to all be about e-waste. You didn't properly recycle your laptop battery. <laughs> I can't wait for that 14 years from now. Yeah. I'm happy people enjoy Avatar, but it's one of those things where it's like, I'm in no particular lover rush. Yeah, yeah. I just showed just because, like, I had, a ch- I had a chance to with some people. Well, there but, you go. But, yeah, I... Uh, I, I check that I check that out. It was, it was all right, but yeah, it's definitely a movie where it's like, yeah, check it if you can, if you have like a if a window, but like just wait for it, it to come out. Of it, it also sounds like one of those things too, where it's like if you're not gonna see it in the theater, like what are you even doing? Because that seems to be where you get the most bang for it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it probably look good on like 4K. That's true. There's a lot of good 4K. To, I finally joined the 4K club this year, and yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. I, I I really do recognize the difference. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess for movies this year, uh, should we start with something superhero related? Because there was two on here who I felt I really needed to include. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, obviously, which I think stood head and shoulders over a lot of the good outings this year, mm-hmm. and obviously the Batman, where the it's Batman. like, oh yeah, so you can make a good DC movie still, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When just leave leave the uh, the artists behind it to just do their thing. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, I got the 4K DVD version mm -hmm. of the Batman. I meant to watch it, but it's a big investment because it's three goddamn hours. Yes, That's really yes. the only bad thing I can say about it. It's not even really a bad thing. It's just when you're ready to watch this, you better be ready to sit down for it, much yes. like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a biggie. But yeah, Robert Pattinson, I think, won a lot of people's hearts and minds over as, you know, a new Batman. Paul Dano did some really fun stuff as the Riddler. Yep. Uh, we got a great new Gordon. We got a great new Alfred. We got a great new Penguin. Yeah, they're, they're all really damn good. I'm really looking forward to that Penguin show now with Colin, Same. Colin uh, Farrell. Same. Colin Farrell, who had a great year this year with After yes. Yang and The Banshee of Inch, two movies I have not seen yet, but I know he had a good year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Batman punches people real hard in this new movie. He does. Really fucking hard. <laughs> really fucking hard. Harder than ever, I would say. <laughs> He takes the he takes the adrenaline drug and get big and strong and beats up all the internet nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, again, another way in which I can say this is probably the most topical a Batman yes. or DC movie has been in a long time. Where it's like, geez, you know, who's the greatest threat uh, to our world as it stands right now? You know, is it is it alien invaders? Is it demons from another planet? No, it's internet weirdos with too much easy access to guns. Is yeah, the problem. It's, it's internet weirdos with five hundred subscribers. <laughs> Which he thought was a whole lot. It's just, it's just the most outlandish thing in the movie. Oh, 500 <laughs> subscribers. Jesus Christ. I mean, I guess if you had 500 subscribers who were able to solve your riddle and find your secret dark web stream and were willing to pick up guns. I mean, how many people stormed the Capitol? <laughs> but, like, that's is that true. what it was supposed to be? Like, is it a reference to that that I'm not getting? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, and great Catwoman, too, who I get the distinct feeling they're probably going to spin her off into something because Zoe Kravitz is great. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's really good. Very, very scene commanding and also not afraid to tell this Batman to shut the fuck up, which I really liked about this movie, that this <laughs> Batman was just, like, really human and really fallible, and he makes mistakes and he falls down, but he gets yeah. back up and tries again anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Like, even the final reveal where it's like, really, the ultimate solution to the riddle was just over there the whole time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right man. in, literally in front of us the, the entire time. Yeah, man, give it uh, give it a couple years and <laughs> this won't surprise you anymore. <laughs> Again, it really did feel like a Batman who was starting out. It really did feel like mm. Batman year two. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that it wasn't a Batman that, you know, knew how to do everything had like a contingency for everything you know the bat god whole thing you know he didn't probably resort wanted... to like just oh well i don't know what this is so i'll just kill this person you know probably one of the best uh car chase scenes in the year too mm, yeah not the best though we'll talk about the best one in a minute <laughs> Uh, Black Panther, we of course devoted a whole episode to talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It's a it's a movie that feels like a miracle on so many levels because it could have fucked up and could have fallen mm. into so many plot, uh, you know, pitfalls, but it didn't. And the yeah. fact that it doesn't makes it soar that much higher. Yeah, it's it it was such a good film. I really enjoyed it. I'm going. I'm really looking forward to watching it again once it uh, releases on Likewise. home media. Yeah, it was fantastic, and I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where these characters go from here like again like uh, as we as i said when we were talking about it uh in our initial review like there's that whole thing of like oh this is cool uh, a new black panther 
Yeah, but the actor's kind of a you know a weirdo, weirdo, kind of a weirdo. I'm kind of hoping they get over that in the in the coming in the coming years, though. Yeah, I, well, thankfully too, they were sure to elevate everyone of the cast and being yeah. like, "Look, we got the Midnight Angel over here, and we got Mbaku, and we got Ironheart, mm-hmm. and we got we got lots of places to take this, everyone, in case someone should say something stupid." And hey, Wasp, that goes for double for you. Mm-hmm. We're watching this too, you weird fucking trucker woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, people say all the time where it's like, you know, oh, when well, when will the superhero movie bubble burst? You know, when will regular audiences finally have enough you know when will it stop dominating uh the box office and to them i say if they keep making movies like wakanda forever and the batman probably not for a very long time yeah because they're both very good examples of like oh you can actually do so much and go so far and you can completely reinvent the wheel on this one and make it feel like you know you're seeing this story for the first time yeah it's fantastic it was a really good year. And obviously, you know, like we liked Love and Thunder and how I really liked uh, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Two very good films. Yeah. So in general, I would say this was a good year. And obviously, you know, people will rank. It's like, oh, I thought this was better than that. And I thought this there was like no outright stinkers. There was no actually. No, there was there was Morbius. Shit, I forgot about Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> the best film of 2022. <laughs> the, the best of them all. You know, if they keep making Morbiuses, then yes, the bubble it, will burst. It, it made so much money that they can't actually report how much money it made. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, and Black Adam, which, you know, I was in no rush to see. And now that I know all the behind the scenes with it and all the fuckery, (laughs) now I know I really don't want to see it. Yeah, it's not worth it. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Man, how many how many leftover Black Adam dolls were there this year at Christmas? (laughs) Uh, They're going to be the new Constables of Uo from Star Wars. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's a that's a shame. Poor, uh. But poor The Rock, I guess he'll just, you know, have to dry his eyes on his money and his big muscles. <laughs> uh, some other good stuff that came out this year. Well, you know, we, we talked about the best chase scene. And, you know, this this was a hell of a year because we got Michael Bay back at peak Michael Bay because we got Ambulance this year. I, I watched it. I, I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as some people. I'm like, yeah, this, this is fine. It's- we're officially at the point now where it's like being oversold. Like in the last couple of weeks when everyone were putting their list together, yeah. it went to being really oversold, which yeah. is a shame because I saw it when I came out and I'm like, oh, wow, this was a fucking kick-ass action movie. This yeah, might I, be the... I saw it when it came out as well, yeah. I thought this was a pretty kick-ass action movie. I love that Michael Bay is maturing as a creator and he's like, yo, hey, look at these drone shots I can do now. I, I reckon that that was only because it was like during COVID and stuff. Eh, and, and, it's like, and someone like, I know, was probably fucking around on set with like a drone. And it's like, hey, put that in the film. There was yeah. way too many drone shots. Like, way, like for things for things that didn't even need it either. Like they've gone through the fucking bank and everything. And I'm like, you don't mm-hmm. need a drone shot here. <laughs> I sure do. Got to keep it's this. Like, I cut this guy for an hour. We need to do it. <laughs> do all the drone shots but yeah really cool like again if you like car stunts and if you like you know driving Mm. shit we didn't have a fast and the furious this year but we had an ambulance yeah the driving stuff and it was pretty good it's pretty sick you know if you're into that sort of thing again it's michael bay actually playing to his strengths for a change yeah and jake gyllenhaal plays a really charming psychopath he really does i'm like oh yeah jake gyllenhaal is pretty cool i forgot about that (laughs) And, and the new girl they got, her name escapes me, but this is, like, the new action girl that they have now. Okay. Because there's, the you know, like, one in every movie. 
you know, there's, there's time to be knighted. You are knighted new action girl now. <laughs> and she's also pretty good. And there's just a lot of fun stuff in that one. Yeah, if you skipped Ambulance, because you're not normally a Michael Bay one, you know, I give that the Cape Joel seal of approval. It's actually a pretty fun way to spend an evening. And I know for a fact this is one of those movies that's going to live for fucking ever on TV. Oh, yeah, it'll be syndicated in for, for the next 99 years, yeah. Yes, this is, this is you know, the TBS, you know, movie for a rained out ball game. This is, you know, the, you know, this is the dad night movie movie. Yeah, this is, you're going to see a lot of this one. So if you didn't see Ambulance, don't feel bad because you're going to get a chance to. <laughs> well, speaking of, like, dad night movies, did you see Top Gun Maverick? I did not, but apparently everyone fucking loved it because, like, that and Avatar made a billion dollars and kept theaters, you know, alive for another year. It's so fucking good. Is it? Is it's it really? A, it's it's the third act of Star Wars: A New Hope, but, oh, shit, but for really? two hours. <laughs> oh shit! They 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 the whole deal, the whole premise of the movie is they need to be trained to do a trench run. Huh. I mean, you know, I guess you know he's one of those guys where it's like don't don't count out the space pope Tom Cruise because he'll only come back stronger. Yeah, Tom Cruise actually went out and started a war with a different with a unnamed country <laughs> to to to, yeah, to, to, to to warrant this. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good, good he shot him. down three people <laughs> yeah he's method man he's really really method i mean it's on a dvd now right so maybe yeah, that's oh, something yeah, to pop yeah. into the big tv it's been forever since i've seen like the original top gun so like i feel like i have to see that before i see the sequel you don't it's literally the exact same <laughs> okay well that's yeah. good then yeah yeah all right that's that's on the maybe I'll see it thing. I also didn't have enough time to see Nope. I really wanted to see Nope. Oh, though. Nope is so good. Don't go. Don't get the end spoiled for you. I didn't, and it was fucking. No one amazing. has yet. Um, like Jordan Peele one... loves anime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> I mean, he's the right age for it. I didn't get to see that horror movie, but I did see a good horror movie in Barbarian, though, and I'm glad yes. I got to see it. Yeah, I saw this one too. Again, I, nothing was spoiled for me on this either. And Jordan Peele kind of involved in this one, apparently. Apparently the writer-director talked to him a lot during the production of this. Okay. It's really, it's a really clever concept. I would love to tell you about it, but if I did, that kind of, kind of deflates it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a spooky house movie, basically, is what it is, but the spooky house is an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of that, and it's pretty friggin' solid, and, you know, the design work is great, and they do a lot of great, you know, like, pulling back to see stuff in, like, different eras, which is super strong. Yeah, and Bill Skarsgård was in it, and he was in a role yeah, that, was. that was very different to what he usually plays. Tell me about it. I know. He was really good in it, and Justin Long surprised me, and I'm like, man, Justin Long should be in more horror movies. Yeah, yeah he's great. Justin Long playing a very complex character in this movie where the themes are all about red flags and he's just like, mm, I don't know if I should like this guy. And the movie's <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> really? The director of Barbarian was on Whitest Kids You Know? Seriously? Oh, really? Holy shit. Holy all these fucking shit. comedy guys doing yeah. horror, yeah, well, what is Yeah, what is it that like modern horror is being saved by people who used to do comedy? Jordan Peele, Whitest Kids You Know guy, uh, freaking Danny McBride. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess a good joke and a good scare is very similar. You know, you gotta build it up, you gotta set the stage, and then you gotta, you know, snap the trap, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, one just makes people feel good and one makes people feel bad. <laughs> is what it is. Uh, what were some other ones we had this year that I know we both enjoyed? Oh, Northman. Oh, yes, Northman was fantastic. 
fucking Norse Conan. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it, again yeah, it's it very, very good. Uh, like, yeah, it's just Conan, isn't it? Yeah, big, yeah. long take action movie. The story itself is, I think, based on like uh, Prince Hamlet, which of course sounds a lot like Hamlet because, yeah, it's about a dude trying to avenge his murdered father, you know, at the hands of his shitty uncle. Mm hmm. So that's a hell of a thing. Just, yeah, really solid action scenes. Really great direction where it's like, again, magical realism. It's like, is this really happening or is he just tripping balls with Willem Dafoe? I don't know. Yeah, barking like a dog and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Willem Dafoe is in it playing a magic man. <laughs> By which I mean he didn't act at all. He just showed up on screen. Yeah. <laughs> the movie also finds a way to end with a goddamn volcano. I didn't see that coming. I know, yeah. It's it's like, holy shit, we're gonna set this on a volcano, There's lava and shit. What the fuck's going on? More of this, please. More more weirdo art house action movies <laughs> is basically what this was. This is it's like one of those movies where it's like, wow, this is gonna please all the film snobs out there. The history snobs are gonna have something to enjoy, and the action junkies are gonna have something to enjoy. This basically brings all men together, the Northmen. <laughs> Which is and it's it's really funny to think because this is directed by Robert Eggers, who did The Witch. Uh, oh really which is yeah like a movie that's completely different to this and like if you Very. if people like saw this film and then went, oh watch the other movies this guy directed they'll be like they'll be very disappointed because yeah, the witch is nothing so. nothing like this at all and um wow it, it's funny because like i remember he was complaining about like the film not because it was like a blockbustery sort of yeah, film yeah. and he was complaining that it was like that and I'm like but it's it's like great it's a fucking yeah. good one like loads of people love it like what's the problem dude <laughs> uh chat's mentioning rrr i have not seen it yet it is on netflix it's on my list again it's pretty yeah, I fucking wanna, good <laughs> i i want to prepare myself for it i know it's like the big foreign film that everyone's like no but seriously this fucking whips all the ass i need to prepare myself for the night for rr to give it my full undivided attention again i've seen the trailers i've seen the gifts of it and it looks like it whips ass it's pretty good ray stevenson's in it <laughs> Oh, shit, is he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where Ray Stevenson went, huh? Yeah, and he has, like, a really fucking cool action scene. Oh, that's good. That's really good. This this was a good year for movies that said, fuck the British and fuck colonialism. <laughs> Again, I think it says a lot about where we all are culturally right now, where so many of the best stories are like these, you know, colonialism revenge movies, basically. yeah. yeah. Let's just go back in time and whoop a British guy in his silly fucking hat. <laughs> really hard but yeah it's on netflix i will definitely see that uh bland boy it's definitely on my list i gotta check that one out yeah uh hey speaking of historical action movies which it turned out to be a really great fucking year for actually uh prey oh man prey was so good wasn't it prey is so it's... sick and it's a movie i love showing people i know yeah because you're like you don't like expect like what it is to be like what it is like, like it's, it's it's a native america girl hunts a fucking predator <laughs> Yeah, it's such a shame that uh, they didn't get to do what they wanted with this movie, and that is stealth release it and trick yeah. people into thinking it wasn't a Predator movie. Yeah, yeah, I kind of wish they did that because they they did they did that um with that Cloverfield Paradox movie where they just like dropped did, it yeah. and like yeah, and, like people like lost their minds over it. But yeah, I really wish they would have been able to do that. Uh, stunts are great. Uh, mm -hmm. action scenes are great uh, the main character is great like this is a star making role for her I love that they shot a version of this that was actually in like the actual yes. 
you can watch it on uh or at least here on disney plus you can uh yeah in, in the in actual native, native language yeah that's pretty solid that's a great idea also it's a movie that shows where it's like again people are like oh the predator franchise is dead there's no more you know juice to ring out of this nah man you just got to get really creative for it in fact you need to make like three more predator movies that are crazy period pieces also i love that it connects to predator 2 yeah yeah it does uh, which i thought was like i didn't think it was going to connect to anything but it fucking did so it's like oh it's canon it's canon uh, Comanche, yes, thank you. But yeah, I want to see a Predator movie in fucking feudal Japan. I want to see Ugh. one in, like, the American Old West. Hell, I want to see one in, like, friggin' uh, British-occupied India is what I want. Ooh, that'd be good. That, 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 that'd that be good because it had aspects of, like, the second one where, like, the Predator came to the city because it was, like, hot and, like, really arid and there was lots of violence and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many places you could go that that needs to be the new thing now for Predator moving forward. Yeah, do do you, and then like maybe do like a like like a, a mainline one, quote unquote, where it's like set in the future or something, or mm. you know, some storyline or something. Yeah, that'd yeah, be, that'd I be think pretty cool. I think there is a lot of great places they could go. There. Uh, the chat mentioned Hellraiser too. You said there was a really good Hellraiser movie mm, this year. Yes, by David Bruckner. He he released like it's not really a. Uh, it's like a sequel rebooty sort of thing kind of like resetting a lot of the stuff that's happened in the other film there was like 10 of these fuckers and they're all mm. terrible past like the yeah, second, second one um but yeah the, this kind of goes back to like clive barker roots and it's just weird and like kind of horny nice. that's, <laughs> and, that's what it needs to be it needs yeah. to be both those things it, it's got great um effects in it like monster effects and stuff because it's all like practical uh right. so, so like and all the designs and stuff for like the the cenobites are really cool as well love it and well, uh, that's and, and and the new pinhead is a uh a trans woman which is really yes cool. i remember that was a big deal because the what the pinhead that was destru- described by barker yeah, in the original andron- story. very andron very androgynous it only yeah. became a more male facing pinhead later and of course people who don't know their fucking horror history blew a gas and like can you believe that they're putting gay in hellraiser it's like clive barker is gay yeah idiot. clive barker would be all about that shit <laughs> yeah they're super d- did the freaking monster leather daddies with their bdsm <laughs> not tip you off my guy <laughs> that's like half his stories as well so yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's like literally what most of them are about yeah. well that's good because i know freaking you know poor hellraiser fans have you know been starving basically for years it's nice yeah. they got a good one <laughs> yeah i'm really hoping they get like a sequel or something out of that with the same people mm, hopefully they do uh again as the chat brought up too of course i think the movie that was on everyone's list and you know the one that uh, rightly so is probably going to get showered by awards uh, at the end of the year uh, everything everywhere all at once mm, yes Yes. It was a fucking great year for multiversal movies, wasn't it? It was. Like, Hollywood's finally caught up and were like, hey, this multiverse thing, this uh, this gives us so many opportunities. <laughs> and, like, an art house A24 movie, too, being like, maybe we should do a multiverse movie. Yeah, yeah, with Michelle Yeoh. Who's fucking amazing, who acts her goddamn ass yeah. off in this, and is like, wow, she's, she's a national treasure. She's great, yeah. Also, everything, everywhere, all at once is, you know, such a perfect codifier for the year because it's like 2022 was a year that loved multiverses. Mm -hmm. It was also a year that loved confronting generational trauma in Asian women because we had that 
we had Miss Marvel doing the same thing, and we had Churning Red, which I also really enjoyed, that was also on my list for Best Animated, that also dealt with generational trauma in Asian women. And I'm like, wow, what an interesting time for all these things to hit at once. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also just like a movie where it's like, how did you even get this made? It's an action comedy family drama with kung fu and like metaphysical ideas and everything. It really is everything all at once. It is, yeah. It was so good. And also, what a beautiful message at the end that I think is like fans of Superman, we really gel with where it's like you win not through violence, but with kindness and by like fixing everyone's trauma (laughs) to make them the best versions of themselves. Because maybe in this great multiverse, we are the best versions of ourselves and we just don't know. And I'm like, man, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. It's, it ended up being a really feel-good movie. Again, we said this was a great year for dark comedies. This ended up being a great moment for, like, a genuine feel-good movie. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely feel-good. Uh, I, I had two more. What about you? Did you have any uh, more? Uh, what two did you have? Uh, I had Glass Onion. Yes, yeah, that, that was a good film. Just came out. Talk about a movie that ended up being way more timely than we thought it would mm, be. mm Hey, did you know tech billionaires suck and are ruining the world? <laughs> yeah, I, I bet when, like, all the shit, like, with uh, Elon Musk and Twitter came out uh, and, like, Ryan Johnson was just getting ready to debut the film, mm-hmm. he was gleefully clapping. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's made it relevant, yes. <laughs> I bet he laughed and laughed. He's like, oh, I was talking about Zuckerberg and some other people, but, oh, yeah, everyone's going to think I'm talking about Musk and Twitter. <laughs> And maybe that's why it's a great movie because you can literally superimpose it on anything and it works. Well, it works even better with like with like Musk as well, just because like the whole uh, again for people who haven't really uh, there's a spoilers for it. Uh, the the bad guy Edward Norton, who I picked out as the bad guy like straight away because oh, it's course. fucking Edward Norton, and, um, and because it's a glass onion, yeah. it only looks complex from the outside. It's very easy, and you can look right through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. That's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to which Benoit yeah. says, this is so yeah. dumb. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, he, his whole thing is, like, he stole the idea for his company, which basically what, like, Musk does. Like, he takes all the fucking uh, credit. credit for, like, Tesla and everything, where it's just, like, actually, like, a bunch it's, of scientists and shit doing it. it. It's also very Zuckerberg, and it's also very the Facebook guy, which it's true of all tech people. Most of them never actually fucking earned any yeah. of it. They just slapped their name on it. But no one says anything because they're, they're, they're on the titty. Yeah, as Benoit says, they're they're on the they're on the they're on the golden titty. They're on the titty, which is so beautiful. Like this movie just like sums up things so perfectly. Like, well, why don't you say anything about ah? Because you're on the golden titty, or the other one where it's like I'm a disruptor. I speak my mind, and people can't handle that. Well, you know what? If you're speaking without thinking, then I think you've got a real fucking problem. (laughs) Or or if you're mistaking speaking without thinking to speaking your mind, then you got a real fucking problem, lady. Kate Hudson in that role. That was such a good role for her. So good. She's she's scary good at it. She's scary, scary good at it. And it's like, it's just a beautiful, like, you know, uh, evolution of like the Agatha Christie, Sherlock Holmes parlor mysteries, where it's like, oh, you got a mystery on top of a mystery on top of a mystery. It's a glass onion. Yeah, the the, the mystery that, uh, the, how, how we learn like Benoit got like taking there and everything, uh, like that, that blew my mind. And then of course, then there's like the, the mystery on top of that mystery and mm-hmm. everything and oh it's just so good i i, I like daniel craig is like he looks like he's actually having some fun 
oh, he's having a fucking play. It's funny to think that, like, Benoit Blanc may end up being, like, more iconic than his time as James Bond after only, like, two movies. Well, you look at, like, like you look at his James Bond films compared to, like, this, and he's just, like, fucking miserable. Like, he, yeah. like not 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 in, in the character sense, but, like, as an actor, you can tell, like, oh, he's not having fun at all doing this role because let's face it there was maybe like only two good james bond movies he was in and then they like undid the good stuff in the next one yeah that's true (laughs) but yeah i want a hundred uh benoit blanc movies now i know yeah i i just keep changing them and like giving him like like maybe i i reckon they should change like like uh the genres as well Mm, maybe with it it as well like oh this this one's like kind of sci-fi this one's a horror this one's yeah. like inspired by Italian Jallo films or something. You could yeah. do it. Yeah, you could do it, and I think Ryan Johnson has like that pedigree in him. And of course, we mentioned him before, but Dave Bautista, man. Oh, he's so good in this. Dave Bautista as the Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, yeah. men's rights activist yeah. shithead. Yeah, the biggest guy on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who lives with his mother? Yeah. And you know, it's all it's all a sham. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a fuck shit. He, he used to be a professional gamer. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> and he used to have hair. <laughs> which is also why he's he's amazing. I truly think you know he is you know charting new waters for wrestlers turned actors. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, like you, you listen to like him talking about how he did it. It was like he didn't just like, like you see like The Rock, and I guess mm. like to a lesser extent when when John Cena started that, they just like yeah. came over to to. It's like oh, it's just like wrestling, with the, except the camera rolls now for like longer yeah. scenes and stuff. But he's like, yeah. no, I'm actually gonna go and get like acting lessons and yes, like, he went to learn, school, learn how to do this properly and everything. <laughs> He's, he's wonderful. He's become one of the most interesting actors because mm, of that. Absolutely. And his choices just, in roles as well are really interesting. Yeah, he doesn't just keep taking the tough guy in everything. Yeah, yeah he was in fucking Blade Runner and everything. Yeah he, yeah, he actually wants, like, roles he can sink his teeth into, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, another one that I just saw just near the end was Violent Night. Yes. The David Harbour, Santa Meets Die Hard movie. Yes, this is pretty good. Pretty good. Man, like, they could have just been really lazy on the concept, but they, like, actually think about it and really dig deep in it. In fact, there's a bit in the movie where John Leguizamo, who's playing the Alan Rickman type, basically, like, fires off five other shittier versions of what the movie could have been but wasn't. The one thing I really liked about the film, which I didn't get explained to me until I saw the film, which I'm kind of glad about, was that I just thought, like, David Harbour was just playing, like, a drunk mall Santa who just gets yeah, involved. No. no, he's literally playing, like, Santa with magic and everything, yep. which I thought was really fucking cool. He's the real deal, and it's this beautiful idea. Like, we've seen, like, takes on this before. Like, oh, you know, Santa's a drunk. Santa's down on his luck. Oh, no, this is a Santa who has been so, like, you know, grinded down by Amazon and, like, kids who want more and more that it's driven him to drink. But more importantly... Santa doesn't believe in himself anymore. And Aww. then just on top of that, you got like the hints that like, oh, Santa was like a bloodthirsty, like Viking, Viking warrior. Raider. Yeah, it was fucking great. <laughs> it's what a beautiful bit too with that. It's like, well, what was Santa's Viking weapon of choice? Oh, a hammer. Oh, because a hammer is a weapon of war, but also something used to build, especially wooden toys. He traded mm-hmm. one hammer for another. Mm-hmm. Great use of Christmas music in this one. Uh, a truly hilarious and very violent, like, what if we did Home Alone, but what if it was actually realistic? Yeah. Oh, it was great. 
Also, hey, the dad in that, that's fucking uh, Vicious from the goddamn uh, Cowboy Bebop show everyone hated. Yes, and uh, it's the guy who played Translucent in The Boys. Wow, what a fucking year, or what a fucking couple of years that dude has had. Yeah. Gr- great twist with the family dynamic. Love uh, John Leguizamo in this. I have He's always been good. a huge fan. He's 62 years old. Can you believe he, that? He doesn't look it. He does not look no, it. No, he does not. Like, my thing was like, ah, oh, geez, he looked, it looks like he put on a little weight here. And then I looked, I'm like, he is 62? Well, he looks amazing for 62. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Violent Night's also one of those few movies where it's like, oh, yeah, this is instantly in my Christmas rotation now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm this made it this is going to be here every year and you know what i hope they keep the diehard thing up i hope they do a sequel next year where it's in an airport (laughs) there's a big snowstorm in an airport i don't know maybe it's like uh friggin air force one and like oh will santa be able to deliver uh presents to the president's kids and like oh there's a terrorist attack (laughs) happening at an airport during a blizzard and santa has to go and stop it for some reason there you go yeah that's what you do I'm just saying, rip on every Die Hard movie now, even the bad one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep going. No, I didn't see the menu. I heard mixed things on the menu, actually. That's coming, I think, to Netflix very soon, which I was going to check out. I, I know some I know some reviews I read said it's a little stuck up its own ass there, because it's like a movie about movie criticism, which yeah. always ends up feeling really tedious yes. sometimes. Yes, And the And the hero is one of those people who are like, oh, well, I'm just an average Joe, and that's my amazing superpower that, you know, I'm not hoity-toity like these other people are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, God, this is, this is going to be rough. Yeah. Which, apparently, if you want a movie like that, a movie about criticism, apparently you should see Tar, because Tar actually has, like, a lot of teeth and a lot of fucking venom in it, actually. I've heard of that, yeah, I've been meaning to see that. Uh, Someone did spoil the ending to me, and I think you will particularly like the ending to it, Matt, because when I saw it, I'm like, fuck off, really? This was a two-hour art movie, and that's the last five minutes? (laughs) This this was a joke! You told a two-hour long joke! Fucking bravo, guys! (laughs) That's stellar <laughs> uh i guess for comedy we haven't talked much about comedy uh, i think jackass forever was probably the funniest movie i saw this year i didn't see bro i didn't see a lot of traditional comedies but i thought jackass forever was great i did not see it you really you did not see and jackass forever the, the one thing that put me off was i saw a clip and it included it was like i don't think it was the new newer like people they got in because some of them those are actually pretty funny but it was like yeah they it was like a youtuber or something or like some some oh, machine machine gun kelly it might have been him might have been someone else but i'm like ah if this is what you're doing i'm not interested he he has one short segment and i'll say it's probably the most likable that guy is because it's like oh shit you're like younger than me which means you grew up watching the jackass guys <laughs> too so you actually do genuinely love and appreciate them in a way that's not superficial and you actually wanted to be part of a stunt okay you know what that makes you weirdly endeared there's a lot of that in this movie where like people hang out with them it's like well why is this guy hanging out with them? it's like yeah. oh yeah because because the jackass guys are old now that's why <laughs> yeah they can't be doing this shit <laughs> yeah the the new cast is great they're all very funny they it's did seem of, very funny from the little clips i've seen yeah it, it's very much a torch passing movie to where it's like okay you're the new preston you're the new steve-o you're the new yeah. pontius 
yes, there is a bit of a sad, dark cloud over that this is the first one they had to do without Bam because he's had like a real fucked up year with drug abuse and everything. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Well, apparently they filmed stuff with him, but they couldn't use it because like he broke like his like the contracts and yeah, yeah, didn't, uh, yeah. He went on like fucking rants on Instagram and oh, those were oh. bad, calling for Doctor Phil. Thankfully, he's better now. I think like two weeks ago there was like a Vice documentary where they like looked in on him. Now he's doing much better now. Oh, that's good. He's actually home now, and I'm like, good for you. He's he's apparently like trying to edit uh, a movie uh, to kind of like commemorate the memory of a who's the guy who passed away? Uh, the Brandon guy? No, no. Well, who's the jackass guy who died? Oh, uh, Ryan Dunn. Yeah, Ryan Dunn. That they want to like. He's trying to like do a documentary honoring oh, okay. the life of Ryan Dunn, and he's also doing a movie about Hanoi Rocks that he's like editing. Mm-hmm. So he's actually at hard at work too, apparently. No, oh, that's good. Yeah, so we're going to get... Here's another thing that shocked me about Bam. Apparently, he was bulimic, too, on top of everything else. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, because he didn't want to be fat like his dad and his uncle, and all he did was, like, drink, which he obviously did start, that's a lot he of did, I, I do remember he did start looking a little bit like little his dad. Punchy. And I'm like, oh, oh there, there it is. Which makes me feel worse now, knowing that the dude struggled with weight and that he was, like, actively throwing up because yeah. of that. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. that's almost sadder than the drugs, actually, because I can relate to the weight thing. I can't relate to the drug thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, apparently he's doing better. Uh, yeah, I guess that was all the movies this year that I really enjoyed. Did you have any other ones? Uh, I can't really think of any other ones. Uh, if yeah. not, then maybe we'll circle back to it. But I guess we can finally get to comics for the year. The thing, the, the, ma- the main event. You waited for it, everyone, and now we're here. <laughs> uh, obviously, I think one we got to start it off with, one that we really enjoyed, and a trade that I think is going to live forever moving forward, Action Comics, The War World Saga. Yes, I'm just going to take this moment to plug my big story time. I, I compiled mm-hmm. every story uh, John- Philip Kennedy Johnson and Grant Morrison have written for this, uh, and the video is almost over oh it's over four hours long um so you can go check that out and get the comprehensive uh, probably the only one available on on youtube uh story about it yeah well that's good yeah everyone check that out but yeah i think this has probably been one of the best most approachable and probably most recommendable superman stories Mm -hmm. in a really long time fantastic in every aspect of it and, like, it's made up of parts like we've seen before. Where it's like, oh, Superman goes to War World. It's kind of like Gladiator. Oh, I, I think of, like, several Superman stories. That reminds me of, yes, but it's also different. Yes, very different. It's very different, and it's also a chance to see Superman show us that, you know, he is that good guy. He is that symbol of hope, and he can be that way even when he doesn't have powers. In fact, he mm-hmm. believes it even more so when he's, mm-hmm. you know, weak and hurt. Yeah, even when he's at his lowest, he still believes it, and that's what gives him the drive to continue on. And as well as like seeing like people like uh, uh, Osul and Othul, uh, the two little Philogians yeah. he helps save and everything. Yeah, absolutely becomes a dad, kind of works through those issues. Uh, some great stuff for like uh, Midnighter and his you know new authority team. They all get fun little subplots. I really like uh, what they do with Midnighter, basically making him the counterpoint to Superman's optimism. Where Midnighter's yes. like, no, we got to kill them all. We got to blow up the whole planet. And he's like, well, that's not what a hero does. And Midnighter's like, well, then I guess we're just not going to do it then. <laughs> <laughs> but then he also comes around at the end. And same he with does. same with Manchester Black, the character whose big story was being the antithesis to Superman and doing yep. things the new way, quote unquote. He becomes a believer in what Superman is doing. 
yes, he makes a believer out of all of them by the end. Also, this is probably the best Mongol story they've told ever, yep. basically because they started from scratch and created a new Mongol. Yeah, yeah, they make it clear that, like, Mongol is, like, a name that's passed on between, like, mm -hmm. Warzoons, whoever, like, is, like, the strongest, basically, uh, takes over as the new Mongol. And has been forever. Just yep. just the lore that they build on Warworld mm. here is really solid. Oh, it's it's so good because it, it's got it's got that like Dark Souls tinge to it. Very much v so. Like built dark on dead societies. Yeah, dark Souls fucking like uh, Conan magic dark fantasy. Totally. Yeah, it's it's great. And when the last of the races die, who have been held in the chains of Warworld, yes, the Blood Priests, the do, Fire you know, of Olgrim, you know, yeah, and all those others. Yeah, it was a cage for the fire of Olgrim because no one could hold it because an ancient freaking Mongol killed a spaceman and took his shit, and that's what became his armor. Yes, yes. <laughs> explaining that, explaining like all the weird stuff, and the fact that Phil Kenny Johnson is still building on that in his new series. Mm hmm, mm hmm. There's just a lot to like about Warworld Saga. Again, if I could recommend anyone a modern Superman story, it would be this. It would be, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. There's uh, again, it's it's also like a really great like jumping on point. Like you can jump on right now on like Action Comics one thousand and fifty, mm. but if you wanted to jump on in, in this story, you can. It's really really great stuff. Uh, I guess too we got to give Batman his due as well. Batman the Night was this year one of the two Chip Zdarsky Batman stories that were pretty strong. Yeah, you 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 mainly read that one. I read the, like the the mainline book, which was also really fantastic. Yeah, the failsafe stuff. You know, Batman having to you know confront his own paranoia and his own bullshit, and how you know maybe he is his own greatest enemy and everything, but also challenging what a Batman story can be, and the answer is it can be anything. It can be anything yeah again it can start in the alleys of gotham it can end with him falling from space to the goddamn arctic circle <laughs> and i love that for batman same with the knight you know it's a globe trotting bruce wayne story because he's not even batman until the very end seeing what made him the man he was seeing him train with all these masters and really kind of being a story about what it means to be the best at something and the main takeaway batman is is like okay so you're all masters of your crafts but you all hide away from the world you're not helping anyone what's the point of being the best at something if you don't help yep and i think that's so quintessentially batman and also a real you know counter argument to the whole bat god thing i'm the best in the world because i'm the best no i'm the <laughs> that's best what i really world. liked about it <laughs> like it yeah, was just I'm, completely antithesis of that yeah i'm the best in the world but because i want to help not because i'm not doing any of this for me is mm -hmm. what it is mm -hmm. I actively want to help people. I want to help the world. And he's also not the master of everything, too. He doesn't yeah. quite nail acting at first, and he certainly doesn't nail magic. No, certainly not. Which I love that, too. It's like even Batman has, you know, uh, what is it, blind spots mm -hmm. that he's got to deal with. Oh, yeah, the chat saying this was also the year, too, that uh, we restored Superman's secret identity. Yes, yes, in the latest action comics, yeah. What uh, what you think of that, Matt, actually? Because I think mechanically they found an excellent reason to restore it but i feel character wise it's like but well, why do you care lex <laughs> well again he cares it's petty it's very petty of it's like, very like, petty they, just because like superman's happy with it he'll take that away and superman will be unhappy with it <laughs> that's true like if he was unhappy with it he wouldn't have done it or yeah. if he was happy with his identity if he gets happy with his secret identity again lex will try and out it because it really doesn't yeah. matter what's the yeah. deal with superman lex always has to be a contrarian to yeah. him and i like the added caveat that like 
people can find out that he is Superman and they'll like have a fucking brain explosion and, and like, die. <laughs> like that that's the cool added like caveat to it where it's not just like a reset and like people can find out again. Like he's gotta uh, actually keep it close to his vest this time. I was reminded very positively of Daredevil and the Purple Children actually and how mm-hmm. they managed to wipe everyone's memory of Matt being Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But also how they left the door open to slowly over time people could remember again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll talk about that, too. Yeah, Daredevil, also by Chip Zdarsky. Mm. I know it seems kind of unfair that he has two places on the list, but it's well, it's, it's just that good. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe he should stop being such a good writer. You know? Yeah, maybe you should stop, you know, making it look fucking easy, man, and, you know, write these amazing epics that make me fall back in love with comics again, dude. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> you ever think of, And you're doing it at two companies now, too. You're doing <laughs> yeah. it at Marvel and DC. <laughs> yeah, with two of, like, their biggest books, yeah. Yeah, leave it, leave it for someone else, man, you know, <laughs> to write amazingly transformative works that will stick with us forever. Jick. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, again, everything Chip Zdarsky touched this year was really fucking solid. Uh, also, too, Captain America, the best it's been in years. Two it books. It's been fantastic. I've been catching up on it. So good, right? And the fact that we get two great flavors. You get the Sam book that's more, you know, like espionage, action adventure, globe trotting, working with Ian Rogers, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with super nations. And then you get the Steve book, which is all like, oh, secret societies and deep conspiracies, yes. but also very grounded in just Steve being a really good guy in Brooklyn and trying to help people and trying to join the modern age. Because it's like, look, if I don't live with normal people, then, you know, it doesn't mean that much when I try and save them. Exactly, yeah. It's so good. It's it's probably so. the closest to where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, Steve, you are Marvel Superman, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, he pretty much is. Just pure and good, and like even when they drop a dark conspiracy in his lap, like, oh, your shield was actually commissioned by these, like, you know, fucking, you know, ruling secret aristocrats of the world who made money off war since time immemorial. Steve's like, yeah, but that doesn't matter to me though, because I used the shield to punch Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> They, they tried to control me, but they failed because no one can control me. You know, I am the American dream. I will always do what's right. Yeah. And that that pisses them off more. Also, hey, the most interesting that Bucky has been in a very long time. They, they're actually doing something with him. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's not just living in Steve's shadow anymore. Yeah. He's not just being, you know, a palette swap of Steve. He actually has stuff to do. Yeah. And it's great. It's great. Also, to think, I just also want to bring it back to that. This all this these two runs also started back in that awesome christopher campbell uh that's true captain america book that they where he introduced all those other captain americas and there he did stuff with like uh bucky with that set him up on here where he's like oh i'm fucking sick of being in steve's shadow i'm gonna be my own person yeah. now and indeed he is he 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 has thrown away the emo fringes of good and has adopted the man bun of evil yeah yeah but even then he's not really evil he's just like crap i thought i could come here and shoot everyone i guess i'm stuck here now <laughs> i love that he instantly regretted it it's like well guess i gotta gotta work this from this side now huh all right uh what else was really good this year oh uh i'm sure you really liked batman superman that was good i like batman versus robin a little more though but they're both mark wade and he knocked both out of the park yeah see you will see i like batman superman like just because it was like a saturday morning cartoon and then Very with that much. last issue it's like no this is actually a a a, a, a kingdom come prequel <laughs> Oh shit! Really? He oh shit! It up you, ha- you haven't read that last issue? I have not. The whole Dude, series has been a Kingdom Come issue. David Martinez is Magog. 
no shit. And he has they they uh set up his uh rivalry with Joker and sets up why he killed Joker in uh Kingdom Come when he gassed the oh, Daily wow. Planet. Is is this gonna, you know, maybe pay off in Lazarus Planet because clearly Probably. Mark Wait because Mark Wade now has the pen for the rest of the DC universe moving on into 2023. He's got the next big event. Probably. I, I, it's, it's kind of looking that, that's at some point in the future, kingdom come will happen. Right. Because that's basically what Batman versus Robin was about. It's like, you know, let's yeah. repair the Bruce D- Damien relationship, but let's also play around with, you know, what Lazarus resin is now mm-hmm. and what this means for the world. And also, oh, no, we blew up a big volcano. Now Lazarus resin is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a problem. My, a little bit of a problem. Also, Batman put on the helmet of fate for a little bit, but once again, can't do magic. I saw that. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I love that running gag that like Batman's good at everything. He can't do magic, can't do which is he why he doesn't it. like it as well. <laughs> he only did it because he was desperate. And he even said, you know, I've never liked magic because it means, you know, you have to submit yourself to force mysterious forces outside yourself. And he's like, and I don't submit for anything. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fucking Batman. So you don't like it just because you can't you can't work it out. That's all exactly you can't, that's con- why you can't do it. <laughs> I'm a control freak. I don't like it. That panel's even better because he's like all the different, you know, accumulated wizards of the past yell at me in my head trying to direct me so he has every magical kid be like do this make this sigil do the thing and then it's like shut up shut up shut up <laughs> i know what i'm doing <laughs> it's also just good to have fucking bruce and damien be back together again because fuck did they yeah. drag that out and milk that for no goddamn oh, reason man. yeah it was so long wasn't it it really was. In fact, hey, uh, I had some disappointing ones in here. Shadow War is on my most disappointing. Mm. That story seems especially fucking weak sauce now, considering that most of it never meant anything. Yeah, yeah, n- most of it never went anywhere. Yeah, it was just. Yep. It, it was again. I think we talked about it when it when it happened. It we it felt like a stopgap. Like, it was because it was like, oh, we got to get to Dark Crisis, but we're not there just yet. Just uh, just put Geo Force as a bad guy. You know here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One one hundred percent a stopgap. Uh, an event we both really liked this year: Judgment Day spun out mm. of the Eternals, and wow, was probably one of the smartest, most enjoyable, most ramification-filled Marvel events in a minute. Brilliant, brilliant use of like every book that was part of it was like felt really actually entwined with. wasn't just like a tie-in, you know? Yeah. Also, again, very topical. A lot of events deal with like, oh, the world is ending. We'll all die. But this is the first one that was like, nah, it really does feel like the end of the world. And it really does feel apocalyptic. Hey, reader, wouldn't you agree? I'm like, yeah, yeah, friggin' uh, Al Ewing, I would agree. (laughs) Or no, sorry, uh, Kieran Gillen. Yeah, Kieran Gillen, I would agree, actually. (laughs) And maybe we're all going to die and maybe we will all deserve it. And I'm like, man. This is, this is what my superheroes are telling me, huh? Okay. Yeah, and, and on top of that as well, just like the X-Men books as well have just been just brilliant. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people started dropping off this year, but I still think that they put out some really good work. I'm I'm behind on Immortal. I know the last issue really sits, uh, sets up Sins of Sinister, which is going to be the next big event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if uh, anything goes by, I read the, uh, there's like a recent issue called timeless which is like sort of again mm, setting setting up like what's happening uh that's got big hints of what's coming in uh marvel uh, oh good very, uh, in, I, I, in, I did uh, x-men it. and everything yeah i did flip through it i did see like oh no the treehouse is on fire in new york and evil yeah. bucky is coming to tony stark in jail yeah and the the knights of the round table are trying to kill kang and everything yes yeah, it's, it's also cool. 
Also, Tony might be drinking again. He might have fallen off the wagon because mm. someone might have slipped him a Mickey. Yeah, that someone is very heavily hinted to be Moira and McTaggart. <laughs> Ooh, is it? Oh, she's getting involved. See, I liked in that new Iron Man book, Jerry Duggan's like, hey, remember Faye Long, that evil rocket scientist yes. I invented yeah. for X-Men? He's fighting him. He's fighting him. He's buying Stark uh, Unlimited, and he's building Iron Man Sentinels. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. See, I like that crossover. See, I like how that all yeah. comes together. I'm like, ooh, Jerry Duggan rewarding me for reading all of his work. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I like that new Iron Man number one. I know we didn't talk about it, but I picked it up, and I'm like, okay, I think I might stick with this now. I like that it continued a lot of uh, Christopher Campbell stuff and didn't just yeah. like, completely wipe it off the board. Duggan is good like that. Duggan yeah. is definitely good like that. Uh, hell, you know, again, you know, to give more praise to Duggan, uh, Dark Web sucks ass and is easily one of the worst <laughs> things of the year coming in right at the end. But his X-Men tie-in, a lot of fun. You know why? Because he treats the whole thing like a giant fucking joke. Giant joke, yep. Yep, he just lampshades it. He's just literally just making jokes about it. He's like, this is stupid. You know, this is all really dumb. Havoc, you're a goddamn idiot. If you didn't want Madeline Pryor brought back, we wouldn't be in this situation. And in fact, Cyclops and Havoc are fighting anyway in the X-Men books. So goddamn, Duggan spun gold from shit. Good for him. <laughs> That's why he's like a real MVP. He might not ever get the AAA books a lot of the time, but he deserves them because the man yeah. is a goddamn workhorse. He's, he's goddamn good, yeah. Uh, Blood Syndicate, really fun team book. I don't get a lot of team books. Uh, likewise, Thunderbolts, it was only a mini series, but hey, you know, gotta give some love to Jim Zub. The Variants, again, not every year we get a Jessica Jones stories, not every year. Uh, Gail Simone comes back to comics, but this year I got both and I was a very happy boy. <laughs> nice, nice. And it ended strong too. That's that's basically all the comics I had. I think people could pretty much guess what I was going to talk about. Uh, what else uh, did you have, Matt? Yeah, uh, Christopher Campbell's Iron Man run again. Naturally. probably the most, uh, the biggest run ever in the character, just because of all the character work it does with him building off like mm -hmm. pre like super deep pulls. You know, making Patsy Walker a main character and Crazy. keeping all of her weird books as History, canon yeah. as canon and everything is great i uh, do love that and yeah it, it's fantastic i've i'm starting to read he's started a uh, namor book um yes i heard and too I've i heard want to pick that up amazing things about it so i'm i'm looking forward to getting into that his uh, gold goblin is surprisingly good i would imagine it's probably pretty good yeah Again, the man has made a great career about writing assholes, sympathetic assholes. Oh, he's really good at that, yeah. And that's basically the Norman Osborn story where, like, everyone is wishing for him to fail. And he's like, yeah, but I am good now. What am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to wait till I turn bad again? Am I just supposed to do nothing? Fuck you, I'm going to go do good anyway, whether you want me to or not. <laughs> He does a lot of character. Again, Gold Goblin, everything else in Dark Web sucks. The Gold Goblin tie-in, actually pretty solid because Norman solves the whole problem in like two seconds. <laughs> He's like, look, if I can just find a way to copy memories and give them to Ben, he won't be an asshole anymore, right? Okay, cool, I'll do it then. Yeah, cool. And then the Queen Goblin's like, no, you gotta fight your sins. <laughs> and Norman's like, this is stupid. You can't take my sins out via magic and put them into a woman via science. This is dumb as hell. <laughs> Just, just fucking Norman no-selling, like, the last two Spider-Man runs. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, some things I didn't read this year but really wanted to read. Uh, the Thing miniseries I heard was mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. In fact, I hear the Fantastic Four book that's going on by North is also really solid. I picked up the first issue 
breezed through it but never actually got to read it. Mm-hmm. One Star Squadron, which you spoke very highly yes, about. Yes, uh, that was so good. Came out very early in the year. I feel like a lot of people missed it. And the Good Asian, I hear, is really good now at Image as well. Apparently, it's really hit its stride now. It's not a new book, but apparently they're turning out like their strongest material. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, it's very like 1940s, you know, private detective, only starring an Asian lead in uh, San Francisco. And I'm like, ooh, that's kind of like that warrior show I like. Cool, cool. I, a couple of weeks ago, I also started reading. It's only on five issues at the moment, but uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson has started writing James Bond. Over, oh yeah yeah i saw that on your channel and uh it's pretty fucking good it's pretty good yeah i imagine it would be because he writes good asshole protagonist yeah and 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 this james bond is not like the movies james bond he's just like an everyman who's just so sick of shit happening around him and he's fighting like the like the syndicate from the the mission impossible films that are run oh, it's cool. like run by like again because it's james bond you've got to have a villain with like a defect so he's he's he's, he's fighting a guy who's got like I'm not, I'm not really sure what he's got. It's like MS or something. Oh. Like, like, like he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's like set up he's like a, a, big, a big paramilitary company. All the guys are like enhanced. So he's like fighting people with like classic James Bond judo chops. And they're like, what of the course. fuck are you doing? I'm going to throw you through a plate glass window, you know? Oh, I like that. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Every James Bond villain does have some sort of like yeah. medical issue or a different yeah, because high if, crime. You, if you have a medical condition, you're a bad guy. <laughs> I guess, yeah, as Ian Fleming has tells I cry blood, I have yeah. a gold finger, I'm bald and scarred. Yeah, I have metal fucking hands, yeah, it's great. I have metal teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but shit, I'm not gonna lie, after all the money I spent on teeth work this year, give me, give me the Jaws treatment is all I'm asking <laughs> for, that's my superpower. Let me bite anything without fear. Uh, <laughs> I have a bowler hat that I can throw and cut people. <laughs> Ah yes, you know everyone forgets about that medical condition being Asian. Yeah, yeah. I, I we make a joke about that, but like, I think just before this run started, Greg Pak did a James Bond run, oh, and did he? um, he made Odd Job a main character and a friend of oh. James Bond. He was like a South Korean agent, and it was oh, actually like sick. really kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That guy was a wrestler. Did you know that he had like a big long wrestling yes. career? Yes. There's also a guy who fought James Bond in one of the Sean Connery films, who was like The Rock's grandfather. Oh, that's super cool. So it wouldn't be uh, Rocky Johnson. It would be Rocky Johnson's father. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking dope. Man, James Bond is cool. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. Movies are hit or miss, but it's usually pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess, too, let's, you know, just run through some ones that I think we can all agree were, like, really bad or at the very least super disappointing. I mentioned Shadow War. Mm Mm-hmm. That one was pretty bad. I mentioned that Dark Web is really chapping my ass, and I can't believe it's not over, and I'm going to have to keep doing it for the next couple months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Crisis Young Justice was so bad, it was Oof. almost transcendent. It's so bad that I, I'm actually doing a compilation of all my reviews you for should. it. And um, I'm leaving that one out, just because it's nothing to do with the plot, and it's just nope. completely interminable. It's, it's- terrible it's a special kind of bad it's like we're gonna have to like study this for years to come about why yeah. this one was so bad it it tries to be a celebration of young justice but it just ends up being a pissing and moaning session it, it's a celebration of young justice done by someone who has a very specific take about young justice very. and if it's not that then everything is the worst thing ever <laughs> very much so it's so stuck in its way so stuck in its time it's if anything it's like actually a really good you know showcase of like this is why fans shouldn't be allowed to write their favorite things yes 
because they're going to get two in the weeds and two in their heads and only just make the version that exists in their minds canon. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, we brought back all your favorite characters. Don't you love it? They're all assholes now. Yeah, for no real reason. For no discernible reason. They're all just the worst. Yeah. Uh, I would say most of Batman One Bad Day the uh what is it the penguin one i really enjoyed because he was just kingpin and the mr freeze story was fine if forgettable i didn't read any of them the just because i know two, they wouldn't go fucking anywhere the first two the riddler one and the two-faced one are god awful what was the point what was the point of this whole one bad day thing because it seems it was really weird to be like just drop it in the middle of like a crisis event uh, we wanted to do it because Killing Joke, One Bad Day still sells a lot. That's why. Okay. Okay. And we thought if we would slap the name on there, it would do good. But of course, as we quickly discovered, you just can't make Killing Joke for character X because you want to. Yeah. Also, the name makes no goddamn sense either because these stories take place over long periods of time. They're not one day at all. <laughs> It's a real shame, too, because they got superstar writers and artists together, and I can totally tell DC editorials, like, you have a weekend to come up with a pitch, and everyone just had the first pitch that they had in mind. Yeah, right. These to these all feel like first drafts. And also, they kind of stopped. They were coming out regularly, but now they've stopped. We still have, like, a Bane one from Joshua Williamson and, like, a Tom Taylor, Rachel Ghoul one. We've got, like, a couple yeah. ones that are still meant to come out but haven't. Okay. I wonder if they have more time to work on them now or what. <laughs> or they've scrapped them. <laughs> yeah, or they've scrapped them completely. I was actually looking forward to the Clayface one because it was like Clayface going back to Hollywood. And I'm like, oh, that's a good pitch, actually. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. We we had a great pitch where it's like, yeah, he should go back to Hollywood and he should be a hero. He should be fighting Harvey Weinsteins and yeah. other people using the Hollywood machine against people and like getting in good with like a bunch of young horror filmmakers because he can make himself whatever yeah. horror monster they need for their movie. Yeah, yeah. And like use that that whole thing of like being able to turn into people and whatnot, like to his advantage to like yeah. oust like, like the Harvey Weinsteins and all that sort of stuff. And, and all the serial abusers yeah. from Hollywood. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Again, I think it would be so easy to make Basil Carlo a hero, especially now. And you could have him again. They tried to remember during uh, James Tynan's run, they tried, they, they like great. made him and then they just did nothing with it. Nothing with it. But yeah, have Clayface be the defender of Hollywood would be amazing. He's like, you know, I used to be part of the old boys network and everything, but now I've changed my ways and now I'm mm -hmm. ready to clean up my mess, basically. Yeah. That's that writes itself. But unfortunately, we didn't get it. Uh, how can I also forget What If Miles Morales Thor, which oh, will now go down in history Holy as shit. the racist Miles comic. Holy shit. How did that even get, like, like, um, oh my god. <laughs> if you ever needed a better example or a better showcase of how Marvel editorial is asleep at the wheel, you could read Dark Web and how none of the tie-ins actually tie in, but this, this is a perfect example of how no one is reading anything. No one is yeah. proofreading shit. No, nah, nah. And a lot of the time, it just ends up with, like, nerdy complaints. But sometimes you end up with a book like this where it's like, wow, this is super racist. This writer has never met a black person in their life. Yeah, oh, my God. This person's only met, like, black people in, like, old WB cartoons. Yeah, really. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Oh, my God, please stop. <laughs> It's, it's really bad. It's it's like the worst. And especially at a time, too, where it's like, no, you're supposed to keep Miles good right now. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's your guy. He's your dude to put out on Front Street and everything. He's got a new movie coming out that's probably going to do great. Yeah. 
don't don't embarrass the guy like this. <laughs> and uh, and lastly on here, and I think we can both agree that this is super disappointing, and this still breaks my heart to think about this one. Arkham Tower. Oh man, oh, I'd completely forgotten about that. That would started so fucking well until it's, part it what twelve or something. Yeah. It shits the bed right at the end. Yeah. And it's such a and, shame. And it's because it, and then Batman comes in. That's literally it's, it. <laughs> it's literally bat, too much Batman ruins everything. We were loving a story that focused on the sidekicks. We loved, you know, we loved the villain in that one because he wasn't trying to take over the world no, or get revenge. He was a fucking con man. <laughs> he was a con man who wanted money and was going to ruin a bunch of lives. And it was so well done and so well put. Penguin got to be good in it. The party yeah. crashers got stuff to do. And then it all just shat the bed when not only Batman showed up, but Scarecrow showed up. Yeah, they, it's like, oh, they retro actively made it like part of like uh was fear it fear state. state and like tried to like re-up that again and that oh oh man fear state which was already disappointing on its own and then it's like no you were so close yeah oh that really disappointed me now oh god damn it the pr- i know right like we basically already memory hold it i didn't memory hold them like i almost <laughs> loved this 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 is probably the first instance where it's like oh yeah this was early best of the year and then yeah. in like the last four issues and now it's in the worst yeah, uh, it's shocking. Never, never have I seen something fall from grace so heavily like it did. Man, man, tell me about it. Well, th- that's everything on my list. Unless we have anything you, you didn't think we covered, Matt. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything else that was like really bad. Yeah. It's a, it's midnight now, so I know we've been talking for a while. So you all got a whopper length of a show now. <laughs> to start off the year, yeah. Start off the year right, and I'm glad you did because you know as we near, uh, what is it, 300 episodes, and as we near, I don't even know how many years we've been doing this show. Uh, I, I'm sure people have noticed, but YouTube has kind of been fucking up longer content again and podcastable content. So in the new year, probably sometime after 300 episodes, Matt and I are probably going to try and rework the show for a little bit to try and be more youtuber friendly so we hope you'll all be here for that obviously of course you can always watch the show as it's intended live and in audio form and over on patreon which again hey thank you patrons for you know helping keeping this show going and you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month and you know hey it's 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 a good belated christmas gift you know (laughs) just just throwing that out. Hey, thank you, Brandon, for the five bucks. Appreciate it, right? Just, just five bucks for. Again, we don't want to scare anyone. We don't want to worry anyone. We know that the fans we have, the fans who always watch, are our ride or dies, and we really appreciate it. We just are saying that YouTube is kind of fucking us over recently. I don't know if you watch the numbers over at the channel uh, right now, but none of these shows has actually broken a thousand in like three to four months, and Again, it's a little it's, distressing. It's, it's the YouTube, the YouTube algorithm. Uh, Ruff saying, hey, before you go, where's Elseworlds Exchange making its return? Well, Ruff, that's exactly what we're talking about. Sal and I haven't done Elseworlds Exchange because doing it would actually hurt his channel. Live content is getting buried. Podcasting content is getting buried. I think that's why, like, Benny the Comic Storian hasn't done anything in a while either because it's just like, you know, we, we got to stop. I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going mm. even if maybe, you know, it actually hurt my bottom line because I'm like, look, you know, people want the show. They expect the show. And it's fucking YouTube. So, you know, it's like it's, it's the fucking waves, man. You know, maybe it'll change. Maybe the tide will change. I don't know. Yeah, again, we'll change and it'll change. Yeah. It'll change back to what what we originally had. Yeah, exactly. Well, what we need to do though is we need to do we need to do like what every channel is doing. Do like those 
those alpha male self-help mm. sections and talk about like yeah disrespect women and, yeah. <laughs> and do, do all this you know? <laughs> books who, who needs books for yeah learning? you don't need to read books don't watch star wars yeah <laughs> i'm a karate chop what color is your right? bugatti yeah <laughs> exactly yeah tell me about it and then get fucking owned by climate change activists in their teens pizza boxes and yeah <laughs> oh man that svu episode they're gonna make on him is gonna be great can't wait for it <laughs> 10 on 10 i can't wait for stabler to be like it was the pizza box <laughs> That was the clue that brought it all yeah, together. Stabler th- exacerbatingly throwing chairs at him or something. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just breaking shit down, kicking down doors. Unstabler. Powers activate. <laughs> uh, also, Brando Williams saying, I meant to say love you all. Well, we love you too, Brandon. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. See, see, now we're rambling. I just wanted to, you know, let people know that, you know, moving forward, if, you know, the show changes at all, that's why. It's not because we wanted to do it. It's because YouTube keeps fucking on us, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the only constant is change. You're right, uh, Kemda. But I promise there will be places for you to see and listen to the show in its ver- you know, in its entirety, even if we got to change up, you know, the methods of how we actually get it on here. Yeah. All right. So thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And Matt and I will be back again next time. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Happy New Year again. <laughs>